Okay, okay, okay. You're gonna sneeze? Is that it? Yeah, alright. He's sneezing. <laughs> Closer, closer. Okay, Paul, thank you. Awesome, Roger. Take care, Roger. Yes, sir. I'm Paul. Wednesday night. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? <clears throat> We're live. I'm live. Nobody else is here, but I'm here. Um, don't worry, though. It's not just me. Lloyd will be here any minute now. At least, that's what I assume. That's what he told me. Actually, it's not what he told me. He didn't give me a time. He said, he said I'll be there. He's... <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows what time Lloyd will get here. It'll be right as I'm shutting this thing down, because i got to get my dumb ass up at 3.45 in the morning, because I decided to choose a job that I have to drive fucking 800 hours a day for. And that's off the clock. Um, fuck, how's everybody doing on a Wednesday night? And did anybody see episode 23? Last, uh... Shit, what was that, Sunday? Um, Daniele Bellelli was back on. That was super cool. Um, Daniele is the coolest dude in the world. And he came on and just shot the shit with us about fucking... I mean, a little bit of everything. I mean, we talked about UFC 207. We talked about... Solar energy and the Dakota Access Pipeline and his opinions on the entire thing and um well like I said just about a little bit of everything if you haven't checked it out go check that out that was a it was a good time it's always a good time that guy's interesting he's always got something interesting to say unlike yours truly um I never really have much of much of anything worthwhile to say I gotta have other people in the room. Um, and then they say things and it reminds me of stupid shit. And then I just say stupid, stupid, stupid shit. That doesn't come from anywhere and, um, really means nothing. So, um, <clears throat> if you want to listen to a whole lot of nothing, either get an old ass TV, an old CRT TV with a tube, and, uh, 
I mean, we're talking like pre-1998, one of those ones that didn't have the blue screen when nothing was turned on, so when you turned everything off, you just heard, you know, you get this white noise, and then nothing, and just little fucking black and white bullshit all over your screen. Either do that, or tune into the Let Them Know podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, fucking anywhere you get your podcast, YouTube, letthemknowpodcast.com, Facebook.com. Slash, let them know podcast, whatever. Anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in tonight, guys. Um, I got a whole lot of, you know, bullshit past couple weeks. You know, I don't know. It's probably going to sound whiny. I want to hear your shitty job stories either in the, uh, in the Facebook group page or... It's not even really one particular story. It's just I, I know I'm about to bitch about what I'm doing for work right now, but um, I want to hear I want to hear your I want to hear that somebody's day was worse than mine, um, or their week or something. I'm working at this job site that's an it's an hour and a half drive if I'm hauling ass each direction and. Fuck, man, it just feels like, I don't know, I run uh, structured cabling, so I'm running Cat5 cable and shit all over this place, and I got guys out there from a temp company, and I guess they know what they're doing, but fuck, I mean, they barely show up on time, and we swapped out one or two of them, and I don't know, man, every time, I don't know, temp, temp companies just don't seem like they're the way to go, people don't. People don't fucking understand. Keith living in Minnesota says it's been negative degrees all day. That's cool. I'm uh I'm into that. <laughs> I don't know. I used to. I mean, it depends on what you do. I mean, if you're working outside, that's a pain in the ass. I, I've been there, but in Virginia, it's not. You know, it's not Minnesota cold, but. Used to be a landscaper, so. I mean, you used to go fucking have to haul around trees and shit in the middle of the woods when it was freezing out, or below freezing even, or below zero sometimes. Um. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, especially when you feel like you've been working on this this site and all of these things are out of your control and you're in a management position. And people aren't happy with the with the speed that things are getting done. And, you know, sometimes you just got to be like, look, you know. There's nothing I can really do about it. I'm going as fast as I can. And uh, that's kind of how it's been. But, you know, meanwhile, nobody else that is my boss or manager has stepped foot on the job site. So... They don't know, they haven't seen it, seems like things are going slow to them. And meanwhile, we're working, yeah, this, this, this shit is so boring. Um, but it just, I don't, you know, you don't feel like you get the benefit of the doubt or something. It feels like, it feels like what I'm hearing is you're not doing your job or something like that. And it just fucking pisses me off. It sucks. But fuck all that. Fuck all that. Because this kid fucking met Paul Ryan and, and and hit a dab while his dad was getting sworn in 
Um, <laughs> newly sworn in Republican lawmaker has apparently grounded his son after the roguish teen tried to dab in front of House Speaker Paul Ryan. <laughs> And then, it's, I mean, this is hilarious. This is, of course, this is on Fox News. And uh, according to Fox, uh, Paul Ryan thwarted the attempt to dab. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you saw the video right before, right before I turned this bitch on. Um, but <sighs> is, is it a political move to ground your son for dabbing in front of Paul Ryan? Because. Oh, this is fucking hilarious to me. Ooh, shit, that sucks. Michael Hoggett says, just did two months construction for Ramada Resort, and they're refusing to pay him, claiming he was never there. Second time, I'm assuming second time something like that's happened this year. Well, fuck that. That's bullshit. That's that's definitely worse. I am getting paid. Um, <clears throat> so, we got Chael Jr. Chael Jr.'s coming on tonight. He's going to Skype in. If you don't know who Chael Jr. is, I'm not going to play the video again because that got us uh, flagged on YouTube. So I can't, you know. I mean, I can. They're not going to remove the video. It's just I can't can't monetize it uh which is kind of part of the whole game so i want to you know i want to use clips and shit that aren't uh copyrighted i don't i don't want to i don't want to have any trouble with that i like being able to turn that on on the youtube videos that we upload but um anyway he goes to and i don't even remember which uh, ufc event it is but it's uh i guess a pre-fight or post-fight press conference and fuck what event was that I don't know it's Ronda Rousey and I don't know, we, we played it last time uh, anyway he'll be on in a little bit here uh, that, that should be fun should be a fun conversation I want to ask him about what it was like being up there saying all that crazy shit because that kind of went viral for, for a little while um Said some bold shit up there. I'd have to be drunk as fuck to do that. Maybe. I don't know why I say that. But I say stupid shit literally day in and day out. I have to catch myself when I'm talking to professionals who have tons more money than me. <clears throat> One time I was talking to a guy who works for the U United States government. This is another time on a job site work for the small business administration we were building a suite for them in an office building and they asked me about where something was located they're like hey you know you're the uh you're the uh cabling foreman or whatever i'm like yeah yeah and uh they started asking me where certain things were going to be or something like that and i started talking in a really exaggerated southern accent talking about how we're going to put internet pipes all throughout this bitch and then after the fact, I was like, man, I'm glad those dudes laughed at that because otherwise I could have, <laughs> uh, it could have been, could have been a different outcome. But yeah, st stupid shit that's not even necessarily funny all the time. That's me. Welcome to my life. In other news, 
uh, Janet Jackson just had a baby at the age of 5,000. She doesn't look a day over 4,397, if you ask me. But she's got a baby. Uh, I'm assuming that she spread those legs and welcomed in the warm, acidic semen of Satan. And that's the only reason that her baby didn't come out with 38 heads. Uh, I mean... In all seriousness, she's 50. So, man, I don't know. It seems kind of old to be popping them out right now. But, more power to you. Baby came out healthy, I guess, and all that shit. So, wonderful. But, I, don't know, I think that there's an argument about uh, ethics in having a baby that old. I feel like I've heard before. Where people are like, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, people are somewhere right now in another time or in another place are watching this video. And they're like, you know, you probably shouldn't do that. You know, where you just talk out of your ass because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Will. Especially when your show is called Let Them Know. You're supposed to be letting them know what's up. You need to do some fact checking. I'm telling you right now. Go fuck yourself. Um, or don't, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. But yeah, I mean, the fact checking is. It's a little iffy. It's a little iffy on our show. We're working on that, though. In all honesty. Because I do like, uh, to an extent, knowing what I'm talking about. But you gotta understand that we're just bullshitting. Um, <clears throat> so. Also. I don't know if you heard about this, but Charles Manson, at the age of 82, was just hospitalized, apparently. Um, and people don't, I guess, don't quite know what's going on with him. They're, they're pretty quiet about it. Um, this is from the Washington Post. Convicted mass murderer and cult leader Charles Manson is seriously ill and been taken to a California hospital, according to media reports. Two people familiar with the situation who spoke on the, on the condition of anonymity confirmed Manson's hospitalization to the LA Times, TMZ reported. Tuesday afternoon, Manson, 82 years old, was taken to Bakersfield Hospital where he was rushed to the emergency room because of gastrointestinal issues. Um, so apparently he, I mean, they, I, it seems like they tried to do this kind of quietly. They signed him into the hospital as a Joe Doe, or at least that's what, what this says. Um, I, I always thought it was John Doe. Maybe they, you know, same, you know, same difference, whatever. Um, hmm. Yeah, there's not very much information, but... That, uh, it's kind of nuts that Charles Manson survived 2016, right? And, uh, Princess Leia didn't. You know, sometimes, um, you know, Manson's shit, he's older than Janet Jackson. Um, he's like four billion or something. Uh, hmm. 
You know, a lot of people like to think, me included, sometimes that the universe itself tends to lead towards, or tends to lean towards the good versus the bad. I, I don't know sometimes. Doesn't, doesn't always seem like that. Fucked up shit happens. I saw something yesterday. A young girl uh, out of Georgia. Or somebody posted it somewhere. But a young girl out of Georgia fucking hung herself on a live stream. 12 years old. Um, Jesus Christ. You know? I mean... On a live stream? Really? Like... It's, uh... It's fucking sad. Twelve. Twelve years old. I mean, it wrecked me, you know, recently, uh... You know, about a year and a half ago. A friend of mine... A good friend of mine... Hung himself. Uh... As a grown man. And... You know, it's. I mean, he was 27 years old, and I mean, you, it's fucking double that chick's age. 12 years old. I mean, I know. I guess this shit happens relatively often. But live streamed it. Like, what the fuck is with the live stream? You live stream your suicide. Fucking shit. And then, you know, the weird... The the worst part about it... <clears throat> well, I guess it's not the worst part. The worst part is that she's dead, but... Another piece of it that I was thinking about is that there's people out there that fetishize... Death, I guess. Or, I don't know if that's really the right word for it, but... People like to watch suicide videos and people getting their fucking a hole blown in their head or ripped apart by carriages or, or whatever. People like to see this faces of death style shit. Um, I've seen a ton of it personally. Uh, I don't enjoy it though, but I, I don't, I, I think that, um, that it's important. It's important to know that that's reality and that this kind of shit happens and it and it's and it's not a movie so I, I don't know to me it's important every once in a while to know that you've just seen something fucked up and it's real it's not a movie so uh i don't know i i've watched my fair share of that shit but it's not like i get off on it there's people out there that do though there's people out there that fucking uh it's fucking crack a smile when they see somebody get their fucking head blown off. Which is... I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know how to cope with that. But the, but she's... This this girl... It's not like her live stream video is just going away. It's, um... The article that I read about it yesterday, it had it posted, embedded into the article. And I was like, Jesus Christ. But... And, uh... I mean, you know it's on a bunch of these gore sites or, or whatever, and people are... 
somehow or another getting off to that. I don't, I don't necessarily mean sexually, although I'm sure that somebody is, but it's it's got to be hard on her parents to understand that she's created <clears throat> some content for this genre that's going to last for who knows how long. I mean, until the collapse of civilization. And even then, it might might uh, might hang around on a hard drive somewhere on a server, sitting so you know, who knows. Where, uh, if somebody ever fixes a computer 300 years after the next nuclear war, maybe, they, you know, this shit, I'm just saying it, it's, it's for an indefinite amount of time right now. So, and this is out there. It's kind of... That's got to be something that's either hard to cope with already, or it will be at some point in time in the future. For her parents and surviving family. Um, it's fucking brutal. Poor thing. Twelve years old. Um, so... Anyway, that was just kind of off the top of my head, not to, uh, not to bring you guys down, but a hundred people were injured in, uh, in a Lear train accident. Actually, you know, let me bring you back up before I bring you back down again. Um, actually, you know what? Let's just take it right down the middle. I don't have any happy news right now, but apparently there is some organ called a mesentery that I don't know if it's just just discovered or, you know, but they're saying that people don't, <clears throat> most people don't know that they have it. I certainly didn't. Let's see what this, this is from CNN. In case you've ever wondered what connects your intestine to your abdomen, there's a word and now a single organ for that. So maybe it's just a piece of your body that they just defined. I, I don't, but uh, it's called the mesentery, which I'm assuming I'm getting the pronunciation correctly. Uh, but don't worry, you haven't grown a new organ. No shit. It's always been there, performing important functions that affect systems throughout the body, from cardiovascular to immunological. Hmm. Here's a bunch of filler bullshit. Fun fact of the day, Leonardo da Vinci depicted it as one contiguous organ. And it remained that way for centuries until 1885. And Sir Frederick Treveur presented the mesentery as a fragmented... This is, this is, I can't believe this is CNN. This is like fucking typos and shit. Uh... Yeah, anyway, um, yeah, so you got an organ in there that I'm feeling like, you know, unless you're a doctor, you probably, you probably had no idea. So, um, <clears throat> Stanley Watson saying that Dylan, who's a buddy of ours, is trapped on Long Island right now. Because of the Lear train I was getting ready to talk about. So, yeah, okay. Well, let's get into that. Um, 
Let's take a look at this video real quick, see what this is all about. Because, I don't know if it's got the, I don't know if it's a wreck or what, but let's, let's take a look. Well, that, that ain't, that ain't the right video, is it? Um, hold on, let me, let me, let me check one more, th let me, let me see what the fuck my problem is. Um, should we let that load up, but a Long Island Railroad running late crashed into Brooklyn's Atlantic Terminal and was tossed off the tracks by the impact during the Wednesday morning rush hour. Yeah, right. Um, so, a hundred people hurt, or so. Uh, I don't know if there's any uh, fatalities. Hopefully not. Um, Dylan, find your way home, man. Let's see, a hundred and three people injured, including some who were catapulted from their seats. I wonder what kind of, uh, that had to be... At least a little bit fun if you didn't die or break your fucking leg right at the end. I mean, probably scary, but kind of like roller coaster scary. Um, you just all of a sudden go flying out of your fucking seat. I mean, it's got to be a little cool, right? Or am I just retarded? I don't know. It sounds kind of fun to me. It's like some weird dreams that I've had. Um, <clears throat> not trying to downplay the obvious, uh, Kind of tragic aspects of that. I mean, as long as nobody's dead, I guess it's not tragic. It's not tragic, but uh, it's not good either. So, uh, the wounded all suffered minor injuries, and dozens were treated at a makeshift triage center by emergency responders at the scene. Several people on stretchers, but yeah, I mean. Looks like some woman with a possible broken leg. Cuomo said at a press conference at a press conference that the scene that the worst injury was a woman with a possible quote unquote broken leg. So um you know, I don't know, it's kind of a good story, besides Dylan you know, running late and getting stuck on a train and everything. But uh you know, whatever. Whatever, whatever. In other bullshit that uh, is just kind of funny, a little bit funny to me, is apparently Mariah Carey is trying to get the her New Year's uh, 
performance clip are removed removed from the internet which you know obviously good luck on that um <clears throat> i don't know it seems like when people try to do shit like that you got to take that one on the chin you got to take that on the chin otherwise people just get pissed off and they're like you know what fuck you you're trying to get rid of this i'm definitely saving this shit i'm saving this directly to my hard drive and uh as soon as you feel like you got the whole thing you know taken care of i'm going to re-upload it somewhere so it's just going to pop back up i don't you can't get rid of this shit so uh meanwhile i'm making tons of it What's up, Laura Nelson? Laura Nelson's in the chat. How you doing? How you doing, Laura Nelson? Um. So, let's see. What exactly? Is she trying to do? Apparently, she's trying to say her management company's intentionally screwed up her performance or something I don't know sounds really uh... <laughs> sounds really I don't know sounds to me like somebody's got a little bit too much fame and too much money or maybe just sing your own song you know I guess uh... that's probably too much to ask anymore we're talking about Mariah Carey Chris trying to uh trying to get her her new year's performance removed from the internet uh, you know theoretically <laughs> um i just think it's funny go fuck yourself mariah carey i mean it, it's, it's not it's not very hard i mean i know i know you're making tons of money and there's no room to fuck up i guess but maybe, you know, perform your own song. Everybody do it. Hey, Lloyd. Boy. How you doing, baby doll? Lloyd's here. No more fucking retarded bullshit. I was listening on the way over here. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, I don't think that getting in a train accident would be a lot of fun. Mmm... I don't know, man. That's Sounds funny. like a blast to me, but it's like I was saying earlier, I might have been completely just talking out of my ass. You want a beer? Yeah, I sure do. I sure do. Ooh, tap the Rockies. Also, shout out to uh, Christian, as usual. Had to play another one of your tracks, one of my favorites of your tracks in the beginning of this, this bad bitch to get it started, because that the clip of the kid dabbing uh, when he meets Paul Ryan was uh, it's way too short and only one person would have seen it so I had to have everybody see that and uh, <clears throat> I just like that track man you got a little psychedelic imagery to start you guys off on a Wednesday night so we all linked up with Royden or what? Yeah, we're good to go on that. Okay. <clears throat> How you doing today, Lloyd? Sit down, man. Have a... I'm alright, man. It's a pretty boring day, to be honest. Yep. It's been a slow week. 
It's been a fucking stupid-paced week for me. I already, I already got done talking about that, but I don't think anybody wants to hear about what I got to do at work. I just don't. I don't really even want to talk about it either, though. But in a way, I feel like I probably should, like therapy, because I like it's my fucking mood is fucked because of because of work lately, past like week. Well, shit. Talk it out, brother. No, no, no. It's it's all good. It's just it's just stressful. The amount, the just the fucking driving, man. Well, cheers. It sucks. Hopefully tomorrow won't be so stressful. It will. It definitely will because I'm not going to be here on Friday, and I got an inspection on Friday, like a final inspection. So this thing is supposed to be done on Friday, but I'm not going to be here on Friday. Well, so we tomorrow's... need to make a decision on that, anyways, as far as uh, how we're gonna continue carrying out the show we haven't talked about it much between the two of us thought that sunday was kind of tight sunday was fun it was good and uh maybe an easier day of the week for people to actually be able to tune in live which isn't that big of a deal but something maybe. to consider um <clears throat> you know what as far as I'm concerned, we can mix it up, go back and forth. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I guess it's, it just depends um, on what's going on. Um, but I work Saturday, so not going Friday is not going to hurt me as far as bouncing around. I hear you. Um, and I'm stripping. Oh, God, shit. Like Boyd's taking off more clothes that he's going to leave here. Um... So, we got your boy. Yeah, we already played the clip last time. Yeah, I wasn't going to play it again. Yeah, we just definitely don't explain myself, because with, the, uh, with we'll YouTube, post, you we'll just post it in the group. YouTube, not a big fan of that clip for some reason or another. But, uh... Shit. Isn't that weird? Like, I feel like they shouldn't... <laughs> I feel like they shouldn't be able to own that. I don't know. I mean, I guess it, you know. Yeah, like I have a Q and A that I UFC did. Logo. That I that I did when I went to uh, Lawler Condit. I'm not allowed to share that with people that I did that. What do you mean you're not allowed to share it? Like you're not allowed like to tell a, people, or you're not allowed to post the video in our own fucking podcast? You can't I'm, really. I'm asking. Like that's basically. Oh. It, what, well, what would it, the difference if be? it was essentially like a similar situation? It, it was. It was a Q&A. Yeah, I guess you can't thing. then. I mean, if there's a fucking... Silly, I guess right? it's a UFC logo down at the bottom, you, you know. What can you do? I don't know. It's fucking... It's kind of... It's fucking stupid, though. Maybe I'll get... Maybe I'll get lucky. Get a job with them. Somewhere down the road. What, with the UFC? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just no. talking out my ass. There's, there's, they're still not going to let you share shit. <laughs> um... So, drinking beer tonight, team drunk. Yeah, hashtag team drunk. About to, uh... You know me, always with the liquor, usually with not, the black hat. I'm not feeling like I'm gonna skull one. I was thinking, though, before we got started, I was like, man, I could use a beer. Yeah. I use a fucking beer tonight. I had a feeling. I didn't drink on Sunday at all. Um, you know, honestly, I don't even... I really don't... I don't drink that much. It's usually whenever we do the podcast, and I'll I'll drink some some on the weekend. But it's not like I drink yeah. I think I'm a bad influence. A, a little bit, a little bit. No, 
No, Jamichael's a bad influence. You're you're all right, Lloyd. Um, I'm just kidding, Jamike. I love you, even though you're not watching. You might see this later. Um, it's just so good once it hits your lips. What cores? <laughs> cores light. <laughs> Dude, you can't find regular cores anywhere anymore. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, you have to like really find it though. I I get it. Not at not at the gas stations around here or anything. It depends on which one you, you have go to. You go to like a grocery store. You can go to the 7-Eleven on on uh, Route Seven. Damn it! That's mm. the next. <laughs> that's the <laughs> next stop that I would have hit. Yeah, they they carry it. I think, or at least they used to. They have. Because I usually just stop at that place over by your parents' place. I think there's a couple sheets around that carry it too. But yeah, the OG cores. So much better, right? Hell yeah, that's that Colorado Kool Aid. I was talking about my buddy that that uh, committed suicide. Yeah. A year and a half or so ago, and it's funny. And we've showed it before at the intro of the podcast. I might have to. I might have to show it again. Um. Maybe we'll do it to close it out or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, we did a video. It's a whole lot of Coors OGs. <laughs> Coors OGs is what we were calling them. Colorado Kool-Aid. Tap the Rockies. Get that OG in you. Get that brown. Get that banquet bottle in you. Uh. Well, shit. I was with my grandpa on my mom's side drink, man. It was Coors Light or Go Fuck Your Mother. It was just fucking Coors motherfucking light. And according to my mom, that's when he toned down. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> when, he said, when he started drinking Coors Light, like, by the case daily. Yeah. Uh, that was when he toned down from, like, two or three-fifths a day of something. I mean, I guess you can't really blame the guy. He had a two-year-old son that died of pneumonia when my mom was like four or something. So, yeah, also lost like three brothers in World War Two. You know what? I really and, hope that Royden's a veteran himself. And I hope then, that Royden's able to give us a little bit of laughs during this interview because it's been this, it's this been, pretty been pretty grim. So far, right? <laughs> yeah, I just want to I just want to say something about that before it gets any worse. Well, I don't know. I'm just it is. like around. I said, I'm in a shitty mood. I'm in a shitty, shitty mood. That's what now, I'm here for. You know for. what it is? I've been. Have you ever heard of the last podcast on the left? Yes. I uh, I've been listening to it the past like two days, and it's pretty macabre. 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 It's the uh, macabre. How do you even see? Now I'm f I fucked myself up in my head. Like I knew how to pronounce that word. Now now I'm not so sure of myself. Uh, it's uh I think there's a silent R E on the end. But um <clears throat> What's up, Donald? What's up, Nate? Uh, who let's let's just go we're just gonna shout the fuck out right now. Those who, are some team drunk motherfuckers. Who all is in this bitch? LA was here earlier. I think I don't know if you're still in here or not. If you are, holler at me, boy. Uh you got Stanley Watson, shout out. Lauren Nelson, shout out to you. Shout out to Chris. Joel Schrude, the, the, the Chris Joel Schrude, Stanley Watson, Daniel, David, Nate, Lance, Donald Shea, thanks for showing up tonight, guys, love you guys, it's awesome, um, so, I don't want to leave Royden hanging too much longer, we can get him on whenever you're ready, man, 
Is he looking for is he looking for a call from us or is he going to call back? Because we're we're all set up. Let's find out. We went through a little test run earlier and introduced myself. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, last podcast on the left is pretty interesting shit. Um, I've been listening to a lot of their episodes about. He says he's ready. I got him right here. Been listening to a lot of uh, episodes about serial killers. Oh shit! Royden Chael Jr. Oh. All right, everybody, we got Chael Jr. on the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. That's right. How you doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Just chilling, sipping back a couple cores. Yeah, throwing a couple cores back, uh, killing it with kindness. Yeah, I was thinking about grabbing a drink too, but I ended up drinking a little too much last night, so it's going to be uh, Coke and water tonight. So, little little Coke and water tonight. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm going easy tonight. So. Yeah, I, I, pr- I probably should be, but it's like I was talking about earlier. <clears throat> oh shit! I see the belt back there. <laughs> Well, yeah, cool. I just had my TV back here, so I didn't really. I, like, I needed something to put back here to make it look, you know, a little bit more, I guess, somewhat professional. But is is that is that real? I don't remember you ever um, being in any particular division. In no, uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't get the gut for it. Um, no, I bought it when I was in Vegas at uh, UFC One Thirty Seven. The Sorry, fuck? Did, what did that thing run? It was, so actually, it was a really funny story. So I bought it, and I started walking around the uh, the venue in the MGM Grand. And I'm just like, I just want one person to think that I'm the real world champion. Were, were you wearing And l- later that day, I met Frankie Edgar at uh, the, the Vegas Fight Shop. Awesome. So I'm going around, and I go up to the concession stand. And these people that work in the concession start going, are, are you the champion? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I faced uh, Frankie Edgar this morning. You know, I caught him with a big uppercut, you know, and then he, he started to rock me, and I got him to the ground. I choked him out, and uh, I'm the lightweight champion tonight. And they're like, oh, my God, for real? Like, they start jumping around the counter. They start getting photos with me. And I'm like, this can't be fucking for real right now. And Oh, man. They're like, are you going out and celebrating? So that night was uh, the main event was BJ Penn against uh, Nick Diaz. So I said, no, once uh, Penn wins tonight, we're going to go out. We're going we're gonna to tear the town up. And uh, so then, yeah, the fight was over. I'm going back to the hotel. And this, this girl comes up to me. She's like, I can't believe you spent 400 fucking dollars on that title. And I'm like, I didn't. She's like, what do you mean? I'm the world champion, and I walked away. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a pretty funny experience. But So was it Was it legitimately $400, that thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm shit. A fuck, I'm a fucking nerd for this shit, man. Like, <laughs> so that's why am we I. wanted to talk to you. Well, so so yeah. am I, but and so is Lloyd, but... But damn, I, well, I just there's I couldn't afford I couldn't even begin to afford that. <laughs> I, I I found it online, and when, before I went to Vegas, I literally had the money put aside specifically just for it. Cause I'm like I, I don't care what people are gonna say to me for the rest of my life. I'm I just want the fucking world title. I don't care. Well, I'm never gonna have one. I might yeah. as well. I might as well spend the money. So. It's well, cool. It's, man. it's cool as shit. I mean, it's that's definitely fucking cool to have. Well, I could I me for I just chill for Halloween. And so I'm, wa- I'm just I'm walking around with the world title at this party, and then everyone's playing beer pong, and they're like, "Okay, if we win this round, we get to have the title for the night." Hell no! It's <laughs> all drunk as shit running around. I'm the champion. And it's like, <laughs> yes. Would you? Would you let anybody? Would you let? Sorry. Would you? Would you let anybody sign it? You know, I, I thought about it. Um, I thought about getting another one, and I was just gonna have. 
um, champs only sign world it. champion size. Yeah, I've seen and someone today, do that. Between uh, me and my mom, we've got a Canadian flag, and we've had anyone to do with mixed martial arts sign it. So cool. That's been yeah racking up. Like I just recently got uh, Mike Tyson on it. Uh, I saw that picture. Where'd yeah, you, where'd you one. meet him? Yeah, that was a interesting. He was charging a uh, hundred and eighty for autographs. Where'd you meet him at? Uh, he was doing an autograph signing in a sports memorabilia sh- uh, store in the Venetian in Vegas. Nice, Christ, yeah. man, hundred and eighty some dollars for a signature. Yeah, you know, what? I I fuck. wasn't thinking about doing it, and I was like, fuck, that's a, you know, that's a lot of money. And my girlfriend's like, when are we ever gonna get a chance to meet Mike Tyson? Yeah, I'm surprised and that he like, really yeah, you charges. Know what? Fuck it, let's do it. So, yeah, I mean, I I just I I can't I guess I can't talk. Because I'm the one that's uh, ta- I've been trying to get Lloyd to uh, throw down with me to get together about ninety nine bucks, you oh, know, we're whatever a hundred bucks, and uh, we were gonna get Bruce Buffer to make a custom recording for an introduction to our podcast. That um, would be pretty cool. It'd be cool as fuck. But my wife is just like, really? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we could buy like so much like milk and fucking. <laughs> Eggs. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I get it, but like, Bruce Buffer, come on, that would be pretty cool. I've heard he's done that too, like for uh, weddings and stuff like that. Yeah, so. no, well, he does it. He's got a he's got a little form on his website. You go straight to his website. Yeah, I mean, just Google Bruce Buffer. You'll find his his uh, homepage. Check that out, then. Yeah, and you pay ninety nine bucks, and <clears throat> he'll say whatever, basically. Yeah, he'll basically he's got a little form on there. And uh, I actually, I think a video intro, which would be even better if we could get him to do it like in front of a green screen. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. We probably that'd be a little bit extra money, I imagine. Well, yeah, I think uh, just a regular video intro thing is. I think he's charging like two hundred and fifty four, but just for the audio, it's like a hundred bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you know, I I saw that with Ric Flair that you be could get a phone cool. call from him for five hundred bucks, and then if you wanted to Skype a uh, five minute conversation, it was a grand. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but I'm like, honestly, like, what, like, by this point, what is Ric Flair doing? But I actually got to meet him. Uh, we did a back in, when I, in high school wrestling, my junior year, we did a car commercial, like infomercials. For yeah. some reason, we were set up with one of the local places, and they had Ric Flair there. And we did like twenty to twenty-five different shots with him. It was pretty cool. We got to meet him before and after. Really cool guy. That's yeah, it's one of the only wrestlers I'd probably stand in line to meet between like him and The Rock, but oh, like yeah. Flair for sure. But Nature Boy, I uh, just recently—I didn't really call him out, but I, I just—I just tweeted at Chael Sonnen the other day on our Twitter for the show. Yeah, I forget exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of like, Chael, please come on our show and call us a bunch of worthless fucking losers and then hang up on us please like I just that's all I need yeah. oh, he gets pretty violent on Twitter lately especially with the whole the heat between him and Tito has been pretty entertaining yeah how do you feel that's gonna go like honestly without bias if you uh, can I think the um, the interviews are definitely gonna be more exciting than the fight chances are the minute this bell rings they're just gonna it's gonna if you're a wrestling fan I think it's gonna be a good fight but I, even though I, I absolutely, I've always hated Tito Ortiz, uh, but I, I can't deny for one second that guy is as strong as an ox. Like when he fought Liam McGarry, you know, 
he was what pushing 40 and still dragged his ass to the ground and was still roughing him up for a good four minutes so i think that's the big question <laughs> it, it, tonight it's the, the matter is who's gonna be the better wrestler and i don't know i i have a tough one picking that fight because i've always had my issues with chael fighting at light heavyweight because i just felt he wasn't he's the a right little, size he's a little undersized for he sure. is yeah middleweight was perfect for him i thought Tito, because he could... was a little bit bigger than the other guys, he could bully guys around. Yeah, and that's the thing with Tito. Tito's a big two hundred fiver, or a little two hundred fiver, and a big one eighty fiver. You mean? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Like, yeah, the way you could look at it for this fight. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Whereas Tito, Tito could probably you know get a, get away with uh, hanging out at, at heavyweight during his during his prime. But yeah, you know, because there weren't a lot of huge, I guess, heavyweights at that time period. I think. Off the top of my head, I can think of you know Randy, Josh Barnett, were kind of the bigger guys, but yeah. yeah. Um, Tito, man, when was the last time that he had a real fight? Uh, I mean, he, he hasn't been very active recently. I'd have to pull that up. Well, yeah, he had that. He had the title shot against Liam McGarry, and then he lost that, and then he had the fight against Stefan Bonner. And he won by, I think it was split decision on that one. When was that? Stephen Bonner? Yeah, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I remember it was the same night as the Mark Hunt and Fabrizio Verdun fight. Mm. Hmm. So what was that? Uh, I'm really bad at keeping up with Bellator. I'm trying to remember the date, but I I remember it was the same night because the main event ended and then everyone switched over to Bellator. But that was a long time ago, and... Then, yeah, then his, his debut fight against Alexander Shalenko, which I have no idea what what the hell they were thinking about even booking that fight, to be honest. But Yeah, I just, I got to feel like, I mean, I know Tito Ortiz has had, like, multiple neck surgeries, and he's he's all, he's all bashed up. And, uh, oh, that's, yeah, for you sure. Know, how, much, how much longer is Tito Ortiz going to be able to last in the, in the sport, is what I'm wondering. And I, I think, you know, Chael's got some mileage on him, too, but <clears throat> not like Tito. Tito's... Fuck, man. Well, Tito's had almost every fight the guy, well, you know, whether it's true or not, every fight the guy's had, he's had some sort of an injury. Yeah. You know, he's always had issues with his neck. He's always had issues with his uh, his back. All the, the guy all the time is injured. And eventually that's going to catch up to you. Yeah, with Chael, I I can't, I've never even think of, I've heard of him having any sort of surgeries throughout his career. Yeah. I was listening to an interview with uh, Chael the other day. That's where I got the idea to tweet him because he hung up on these guys. Again, I always hear him do that, and I'm just like, man, I'd love for Chill to hang up on me. (laughs) But uh, he was talking about how he's been doing a ton of jujitsu recently, which is super cool. Like, uh, like it being a huge focus for him, especially when he's talked so much shit in the past. Versus versus kind of an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a big focus of his right now, which I think is super cool. And uh, he he was pretty confident that he's like, you know, uh, I've caught submissions that fell into my lap before. He's like, but now I'm looking for them, and I was like, that's Mm -hmm. that's cool. I like. I like to hear shit like that. But. Well, the entire time he fought Anderson Silva the first time, you know, he he completely had his back and didn't even look, you know, to sink the hooks in or anything like that. He just continued to pound him out, and he, you know, there's been plenty of times I'm sure that he's had opportunities for submissions, but just continued to kind of go for his game plan. But 
you know, towards the end of his UFC career, you started to see that. You know, he submitted Brian Stan, uh, submitted Mauricio Shogun Hua, which I thought that was, like, you know, a huge accomplishment on its own to, yeah. to submit Shogun. That was one of his biggest accomplishments, maybe, because he did. Wasn't that a first round, too? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I need to rewatch that fight. That was a great fight. That was a really good fight. <clears throat> yeah, I, that's always been Chael's biggest weakness is his submissions. And, um,. But the funny thing was is when he did the press car or they did a uh, Q and A for I think it was UFC 115 because they were going to book him against Anderson Silva at 117 and he said uh, he's got a black belt under the Noguera brothers. I think that's like getting a free toy in your yeah. Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah, we and played. That's the whole reason Anderson wanted to submit him was because of that line. Like, um, what's the guy's name? Ed Soros. He said, "When have you ever seen Anderson Silva come out in his Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gi?" Hmm. That. It was the whole time he was looking for a submission. That's interesting. Yeah, we yeah. actually played that like one of his highlight, uh, one of his highlight shit talk clips, basically before we played your Q and A oh, video yeah. with him, which was kind of frustrating because it made it so we can we can never <laughs> we can never make shit off of the last episode with the, the UFC rights and bullshit. What? what yeah, it's not that. At least not on you. At least not on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's not that big of a deal. It, it, it's not it's the biggest deal in the world. Per particularly that you know we're not. It's not like we're fucking getting fucking massive numbers of downloads or anything awesome like that. But um, it's I don't know. It just kind of pisses me off. It got a lot for it being Daniele Bellelli on well, it's, Sunday. It, it's our highest organic numbers yeah. that we've ever had. Is the last yeah. episode. So. It kind well, of, we took a lot of heat of that for on uh, MMA Daily when we were posting videos. Right. Yeah. They, we, they like shut the page down, deleted a bunch of stuff. It was just like, we're not making money off of this. We're just, you know, it's literally free promotion. Yeah, I actually forgot to mention that we're both admins on MMA Daily together. I'm, I'm probably the worst admin out of that whole team because, <laughs> because I, I run... so much heat on that page. Like, like when I picked uh, Misha Tate to beat... Holly Hope, I have never had more harassment in my life on that page. Well, did you give him? Did you give him the last laugh at the at the end of that? Uh, yeah, well, because um, I said Misha was going to submit Holly Holm. I was like the whole time I said everyone was telling me I was an idiot. I'm like, and the only thing I said was, eventually someone's going to get this girl on her back. I don't understand. I know what to do. I don't understand the flack for that statement. That's pretty much what I thought would happen if Misha won that fight, which she did. I think but, the problem is that everyone was, you know, in that that zone of like, you know, that aura of Holly Holm. She just she just knocked out, you know, arguably the best female athlete in the UFC. You know, everyone was on that train. Everyone was like, okay, who's going to beat her? Yeah, and and that's understandable. You know, like even you look, you know, perfect example, Uriah Hall. You know, he goes and smashes everybody on the Ultimate Fighter, gets his big chance to be in the UFC. You know, the Ultimate Fighter debut and. You know, he's the, almost, you know, the hype train's now kind of been derailed. You know, he hasn't really had a really successful UFC career. And Don't get me started on him. He's actually, like, one of my favorite fighters. It's oh, su no, I, such I a love bummer. Uriah. I absolutely love Uriah Hall. Every time he loses, I'm like, God damn it. Cause I, he's... And especially when he beat um, Gegard Mousasi for the first time. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is his now. We're now yeah. going to see this guy finally evolve. Yeah. And I thought it was a lucky win, kind of. I, I knew it was kind of too good to be true. I was not surprised in the rematch. I hate using. I never like to say, you know, it was a lucky win or something. You know, I just, you know, the better man won that night, and I think that's fair enough. I, you know, he he took it to him. But you know what? 
Gegard got his revenge, and he absolutely stomped him in that rematch. Gegard's a legit contender, man. Oh, I absolutely. I think uh, there's some you know there's some good fights coming up. I think for the middleweight division, you know, you got you know Gegard, UL, and uh, Jacare Souza. You know, yeah, you poor Jacare. For all three of those guys to be fighting Bisbing next for the title. It's not going to be Jacare. He's going to keep getting <laughs> skipped oh, I... constantly just because he can't. <laughs> He can't really uh, appeal. He hasn't appealed to any kind of casual fandom yet at all. That's the big issue. Is that I think the UFC is really going to look at that. Is who's going to be the biggest draw out of these three for a pay per view? And chances are, it's going to be probably again in England. And dude, Yoel is killing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, dude, Yoel deserves it after that massacre on Chris oh, Weidman. Jesus he became, Christ! He what became do you do to Chris Weidman. Heel? He became the best heel that night. Oh, that oh, like, oh that was. I hated him wrestling. so much. There, you know? I, I love like, you, you know. And Bisping's you now flipping him the bird. Like, dude, I wanted to see oh, Bisping God. knock him the fuck out so bad now, and I never even really gave that. Yoel Romero, Yoel Romero turned Chris Weidman's head into a fire hydrant full of red fluid, and then uh, busted the valve off, and then fucking turned into a robot. I've never seen anything yeah, like that. So shit. He walked off like a Nazi. He did the Nazi weird, walk, man. But <laughs> he did the Nazi walk, ridiculous. and he calls himself Soldier of God. It's like perfect. He's such a. He and, just oh, turned and, into oh, a bad guy. And and and, and, and don't forget, don't no don't forget, don't forget Jesus. No don't forget. you forget Jesus. Odd. And every time that guy fights, there's always been some sort of you know controversy. There is. Or it's issue. crazy. And there even was that night too. They were they were trying to stall oh, in yeah, between yeah, rounds. Well, they, that well, night. He was he was uh, spitting water all over yeah. himself or whatever. Yeah, they were dumping the water on. Yeah, I was like, I what the fuck? Was... Yeah, and uh, it, Rogue, you could hear Rogue, Rogan call it out immediately. They're they're like, you know, he's like, he's they're they're pouring water all over him, and then you know the bell rings. The round's supposed to fucking start, and yeah, then they're, they're like, now off, now they're yeah. drying him off. They're drying him off. Fucking Romero, man. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then you know, Stoolgate with. Uh, the Tim, Tim Kennedy, Kennedy fight. Classic. I mean, it's kind of bullshit. It kind of pisses me off because, I mean, I understand trying to... It's not exactly cutting corners, but when you're following the racing lines instead of staying within the lines on the road. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, come on, man. You are a machine of a man. The dude looks like a fucking superhero. Oh, he looks like an action figure. It's like... And, and is, is... Performances have been amazing. Pull up a picture of Absolutely, Yoel. Absolutely, yeah. Why, why do you need to fucking extend your, your rest? I mean, I know it's huge, but you're also giving the opponent a rest. I, I, I just, I'm wondering, like, how much is he really gaining from these? You know, when he fought Tim Kennedy, he got, I think it was 28 seconds extra. You know, then he's getting the whole, you know, the water situation. But it's in too. his is, control. Is he really gaining this much? It is, I think, from... My, personal competition experience it's in his control that he's that he's pulling these fuckery games and stuff it it you can say like oh they're getting an equal amount to me that's the same as saying uh he just got kicked in the balls and he, he's getting an equal amount of, well maybe I, i'm going a little far with that yeah. but basically the point i'm trying to make is if somebody if somebody's like playing these games like he does in the in the corner in between rounds and stuff that's that's not making me feel like oh, 
I'm gaining this extra time too. Sweet. You're over there panicking like, yo, what the fuck? Let's fucking fight, bro. Like, yeah. this is bullshit. It, it makes you panic. Really took an effect to the Tim Kennedy fight because exactly, exactly. In round two, I'm, I'm, and, I'm with you, you know, but he got a chance to kind of recover. And Tim Kennedy, as you said, you know, Tim Kennedy kind of had that almost like an adrenaline dump. Like he thought he won the fight, he thought it was over, and then they're like, okay, restart. We're gonna do it all over again. So now he's got to get himself back into that mode. Exactly. And by the way, as you saw, you were all just you all just smashed him. Um, if you don't know who Yo Romero is, uh, in the words of Brendan Schaub, lose my number. But also, here's a picture. So you can see we're not fucking around when we're talking about he looks like a goddamn superhero. And this is probably not even that the best picture, but I mean I'll find you another one in a second here. But he actually I, I come from a wrestling background. Kale Sanderson is a hero to me. He's he's multiple time world champion, one of the greatest college wrestlers of all time, undefeated college career in the NCAA's D one. And uh he wrestled against Yoel three times and he lost to him twice out of the three. The one time that he beat Yoel was in the actual Olympics. The two losses Woo! that he had. I would never let anybody live that down. No the two losses like he has against Yoel were in like uh, the the Pan Ams or a different world co- world's competition. So it's like, suck it, Yoel. America yeah, over you big. all day. But yeah, shout out to Kale Sanderson. We'll get him to call in sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a, there's some interesting matchups right now. I I think the biggest issue right now is who's going to be the biggest draw. You know, with that's why a lot of people disagreed with the whole Dan Henderson getting the title shot. And as you know, like the old '80s wrestling promoter in me, I completely agreed with it. I think it made total sense. You know, it was a great idea for a pay per view. You know, like, and the other thing too was a great way to send Dan Henderson off of his career. Yeah, it sure was. I I still I wish that. Dan Henderson could fucking take a pill and lose ten years, go back oh, ten sure. years and just just keep going. Uh, Dan well, Henderson is one Dan's of my favorite, my favorite fighters of all ever. time. So yeah, oh, he's one real? of mine. Mine as it's well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what he, my favorite I mean, what all he, time is Chuck. What he did in the first round against Michael Bisping at the end of his career. Also, yeah. what he did immediately prior to that with Hector Lombard. Hector Lombard oh. got handled. Well, my mom was at uh, was at that fight, and she said you couldn't even you couldn't hear anything. It was it got so loud when he hit him, and she was like, "I honestly was thought this was going to be the first death in the octagon." Yeah, <laughs> no shit, man. Well, it looked brutal. He did not move. I've never seen in all the years watching the sport. I've never seen, um, you know, the referee not raising the hand of the oppo- of the winner because they were still dealing with the opponent. Yeah, I've never seen. That was that was pretty brutal, man, and uh, it's kind of funny that it happened to Hector of all people because, obviously, with his with his past, he's kind of an unlikable guy for diehard fans, you know. Oh, sure, yeah. People point finger at him for being. A well, I, I, I always have a little thing against him because uh, UFC 149 was in my you know hometown of Calgary, and he was the co-main event. So they were bringing him in from Bellator. You know, he was supposed to be the big, you know, the big deal. You know, this guy's never, he's only been to decision like three times and he fights Tim Boach. Oh yeah. And for 15 minutes, they're circling each other. And I was like, are you gotta be fucking kidding me? I spent $700 for this. Shit. These two. Dude, circle how, each other. how many fights have you been to? Uh, I've been to 
five right now. So nice. UFC one thirty seven, one forty nine, one seventy three, one eighty three, and two oh two. And then uh, I'm potentially me and my girlfriend are potentially going to go to uh, two oh nine in March because she's got a thing for the Diaz brothers. So nice. You yeah. think they'll get them both on? You better start smoking weed yeah. and running then, homeboy. There's no way. I don't think they're going to get Nate. The only option I thought they could probably pull off is if they did an interim title fight between uh, Eddie Alvarez and Nate. It's the only potential way I see him coming back. But No Khabib. Yeah. Well, the problem is, though, is that I'm looking at it like, like promotional-wise – you get the casual fans don't have a fucking clue who Habib is. You know they don't. Yeah, Ranking it's kind of weird. Absolutely, either Habib or Tony Ferguson should be fighting for the world title next. Absolutely. But the problem is they got to you know milk this cash cow for all their. The UFC's yes. going to try to do that, and there's an opportunity for probably the biggest trilogy in the history of the company. They're going to jump on it. Yeah, but, well, but the thing is, like Connor, kind of it definitely has fucked things up right now with him taking ten months off, and now you got. Tony Ferguson, you know, not wanting to fight him for the whole two hundred thousand dollar issue. Now you got, you know, you got all these guys kind of in the wings now. It's definitely an absolute nightmare. What's going on? But and and meanwhile, Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, tweeting job, tweeting. Hey man, my pronunciation is actually <laughs> that was good. exceptional. I actually stumbled on that a little bit, but in my own head, I can say it a billion times fast. But um, Nurmagomedov tweeted to Tony Ferguson something about how he was going to pay him the 200 grand to fight him even if the UFC yeah, would something pay him like that. Grand. And then apparently uh Tony backed out of that. I guess his reason that he cited was that it's not his uh place to be the person paying him the 200 grand and that the UFC needed to do it, which I can kind of understand, but at the same time it does kind of sound like a it does kind of sound like a a cop out, and I mean, not that I could blame him. I, I mean, Tony Ferguson's a bad dude, but he's my favorite right now in the division. I wouldn't want to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov. Oh, I really like him. Yeah, he's a great fighter. Yeah. Um, if Cowboy doesn't count as a 155 or anymore, at least. Yeah, that's, I don't no, that's think the one thing I always say about I miss about the old days. I I'm not counting Cowboy was as that, a 155 uh, anymore. Personally. What was what are you saying? Yeah, Roy? Cowboy's killing it at welterweight. Oh, he's fucking oh, destroyed. Like, that's the one thing I missed about the old days. Um, was that you know, <clears throat> it was the, the the tournament styles. There was no like you know you can pick and choose your opponents. You know, you won your fight and then you're gonna fight the next guy and nobody was complaining about it. But right. I think you know with you know guys like Conor McGregor who are now demanding you know pieces of the company. It gets Hollywood up having everybody else picking and choosing what they want to do now and then you get to have the UFC saying okay well you know like for you know Ronda Rousey doesn't have to do the uh, media obligations but you do but because she draws this amount of money and you draw this much you know it's like where do you draw the line on this point now and that's the problem I find with this whole Tony Ferguson and Habib like this is a great opportunity for a perfect number one contenders fight for the lightweight title and you know because of again and fucking money and you know guys bitching and complaining it's you're getting a bunch of pre-med now. Yeah. No excuses, right? Oh, except for Ronda. Except for yeah. Connor. Except for... You know, it's... It's interesting that... You know, Ronda can go out there for 48 seconds and make $3 million. And Amanda Nunes... <laughs> fucking... 
I thought Michael Rappaport made a really good point on ESPN. <laughs> he was saying how uh, he he's always kind of given Ronda a hard time, and he was just explaining. Well, that dude gives everybody a hard time. Fair enough. Dude's fucking hilarious. He though. is. He really is. And uh, he was basically just saying how it's kind of bullshit how they were giving her all of this a babying and building her up and not doing anything for Amanda Nunes and he was straight up like Amanda Nunes she comes from you know the streets in Brazil and she's an openly gay fighter like there's definitely interesting stories to be said about her and she kind of just there's plenty of media to be done just based on that I mean that'd be a huge exactly that'd be a huge I mean she's, she's when she won be, the belt she came out and was with like a picture with her and her girlfriend like if more I thought that was kind of cool if more people knew knew that she was the first openly gay champion ever that I would guess be she a, is. that would be the huge that would be a huge inspiration i feel like to people in the in the in the lesbian and gay uh, or lgbt you know com- community i think she is in the ufc as far least. as i'm aware she's the first and only openly gay champion yeah, I can't ever think of anyone else as far as i know that's what i keep hearing oh wait no car or not carla uh well, Tisha Torres and who was it? They're together, apparently. They got engaged. Tisha yeah. and... Fuck. Uh, Raquel Pennington? That was not Raquel Pennington, was it? I it is. It is. It is Pennington. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Chris Jolstrom. Yeah, that says, one kind of threw me out of where I come from. Yeah, because they were on... Or no, they they weren't on Tough together, were they? They that that was two different seasons because Tisha's a one Raquel, I, think I think Raquel was on with with the with yeah the Raquel was because I remember Dana made that whole statement about that she was the first openly gay on the Ultimate Fighter or something like that yeah anyways Chris Julesrud says I'm just thankful you three aren't sucking Connor's dick Chris I saw that Chris, and I Chris, know that Royden is a big Connor fan so we'll, hey, I we'll try and avoid it. Hey, like, Hey, I think it goes without I, saying I that we're. Connor, like, I, I think it goes without saying that we're probably all three big Connor fans. I think if you're a fan of fighting, and you're a fan of martial arts, then you are probably a Connor fan. Um, but you know better than that, Chris. You know better than to think me and Lloyd are gonna fucking turn the live stream on and start sucking Connor's dick. <laughs> That dude doesn't need any publicity, especially from a show as large and well-known as the Let Him Know podcast. LetHimKnowPodcast.com. Scroll down, click on the link. Fucking give us some money. Um, go ahead, Roy. Um, but say. yeah, no, like, I, like I said, I'm a huge Connor fan, but I'm in no delusion of any of the things that that go on. You know, like that he's this the greatest fighter to ever live. Like I, I honestly, I disagree with him getting. Uh, Fighter of the year this year. I, so do I. We I, know, I'm, I'm, for Bisping. I'm I, glad, I don't, that, I'm glad yeah. that you brought that up. That was like the more interesting uh, thing that I was spending a lot of my time on on the I, threads today on the Fighter and the Kid Army. And uh, I say Cody, man. I say Cody. Zero to 100. What a meteoric rise you know, that was. The guy definitely Speaking, made a name for himself quite fast. You know. Okay, so since it's been brought up, we're, he, he we're, didn't really deserve the title shot. Like the guy didn't even really beat anybody in the top five, and you know, I honestly, I think you know, his mouth got him a title shot. But you know what? He backed up everything he said he was going to oh, do. You know, dude, he. I he, was completely shocked watching that fight. He he, Cody Garbrandt clowned like, Dominic Weppin. I mean, he 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 made Dominic Cruz take three little micro naps. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, Jesus Christ. 
I mean, that was fucking nuts. I didn't oh, expect it. I couldn't believe it. Um, um, but since we're on the subject, um, did you guys hear about Cody Garbrandt calling out uh, Conor McGregor for a fight at 150? No, I didn't. I didn't hear about I heard him calling out Jose. I didn't hear him calling out Conor. Apparently... Genius. Yeah, they got some old beef and yeah, from tough. Oh, no, him, I never even thought about that when he uh, called him out at to call him on the Ultimate Fighter. Called Conor McGregor out to fight at one fifty. Cody's hey, not really that much smaller than him, if well, at no, all. I, I was looking at this today because I was thinking about it. I was like, man, fucking one thirty five, and fucking Conor's up at one fifty five now. Um, so obviously he's cutting down to one one thirty five, but. But uh, Cody's a black belt weight cutter. I'll tell you what. He's an Ohio wrestler. I know that he is a giant at that weight, but go on. Also, well, and, and Conor McGregor looks like a shell of a man at 145 at the weight cut. But, oh, it's like, uh, he looks like a at fucking wizard when he gets on that scale. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like an old, yeah, like an old, like a 900-year-old gnarled wizard, wizard yeah, on like, top of a tower. Like, I can't even believe he's going to get like... Who just shaved ten years ago? Um, so yeah, one fifty-five. I think was definitely Connor's best weight. You know? He's so too far, small yeah. for one seventy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's well. I mean, all I got to say is, I don't know. I think I think uh, I I I think that if you were to if you weigh the fights, the two Diaz McGregor fights, yeah, if you weigh them out. Yeah, how is he the fighter of the year? D- the Diaz, the Diaz side weighs more. Is all I'm saying. His decisive win in the first one. Yeah. And the second one went to decision. I'm still not sold on the fact that one of those, or maybe even two of those, quote unquote knockdowns in the second fight were actually knockdowns. No. I think that uh, he was trying to tempt him into coming to the ground. I don't know about that one. I, I you know, really do because I'm looking at his it. face. You know, Diaz is a tricky dude. He's got. Tr- fucking slick jujitsu. Um, that's how I saw it. That's immediately what I said. And then when I watched it again the next day, when I wasn't drunk, I said the same thing. And I was yeah. like, man. And every time I see it, I'm like, I st- it still looks to me. Now the last one, yeah, I think it's a legit knockdown. But I've also I've said this on the show before. I've said it to Lloyd a couple times. I think if that I think if that fight goes ten rounds or there's no time limit. I think Diaz wins. Yeah, but it's not even really worth Which saying. Is, that's you're you're right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think if you weigh those two fights, I think the Diaz side weighs more. If you if you definitely did like the old school fight to the finish, no time limit, I, I'd probably have to go with Diaz again. Like that guy, the Diaz brothers are fucking savages. Um, yeah. But my issue with that whole he kind of you know faked getting do- getting knocked down. Was that when he fell down, he was you know grabbing at the fence, kind of trying to get his balance. And if you look at a guy like Fabricio Verdum, when he gets tagged, you know he goes, he's, he's on his back flat, his guards already up, and then guys jump in, and then you know look, you know look at the Fedor fight, you know when he hit the, and then again with Mark Hutt, when he gets hit, he's you know he's he's already God. hitting his back and he's in the guard, and you, that's what like when Diaz got cracked, I was a little skeptical on you know him saying I you know wanted to come. To the guard, it's just I, the way I, he fell down, as opposed to if you watch Verdum fall down, it's it's completely different. Yeah, see, to me, it, it comes off like he's just a good actor. Whereas Verdum, I don't, I don't have the same, I don't have the same thing on that. Like it's, I think it's, it seemed to me to be a trick immediately, and that was my. But you know, you know maybe it's, you know, maybe like, it's, maybe like, it's not. I don't even think that that matters that much in the grand scale of the fight. It doesn't matter that much 
in the grand scheme of I things. I feel like you can still judge it for Diaz. Like, well, I, well, what? Oh, you're saying that 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 the second fight? Yes. The, you're I don't saying think that, that the knockdowns, even if they were legit or not, even really matter that much. I feel like it was a close fight. Nobody was, got robbed. It was close. Yeah. Oh, it was. Um, but, but yes, I don't so, like no, the word the, robbery I, I, I getting thrown around. I think the trilogy at one five. Yeah. Well, you think? I guess. <laughs> I I was thinking about that today. I was wondering, like, what if Connor just never defends any of the belts? He just fights Floyd just Mayweather. Takes it and then he goes. fights Floyd Mayweather next, and then he fights the trilogy <laughs> with Nate. And he's like, "Well, we've already been doing it at 170, so we're doing it at 170 again." And he just legit never defends a belt and just leaves after that. He could. He actually could. I think that that's possible. Why not? Why not? I mean, if you do that, he then... wants to leave with the belts. God, Fuck that. Floyd Mayweather is going to turn out. If you, it, it seems like it's gonna happen, man. Why, Floyd's I, feeding into it pretty hard, dude. There's too much money to be made for two very, very rich motherfuckers. That I, I can't see it not happening. I'm just really interested in what the fuck the rules are gonna be and what kind of ring it's gonna be in. And I think he'll just straight up box him. Yeah. Fuck it. That's just, it's money. Floyd would kill him. Like Floyd would absolutely fucking massacre Connor in a boxing match. But it, well, I just I can't. I don't I, know, like. I like you know. Like I said, I love Connor, but you know what? There's, there's sometimes you gotta you know realize your skill set and him getting in there with a 12 rounds with Floyd Mayweather, probably hands down the best defensive boxing in oh, the history of boxing. Absolutely, he's gonna know. just absolutely massacre him. It sounds to me like a boring fucking fight, honestly. Any fucking fight with Floyd Except is that's boring. The other two, is that? That's fair enough. Floyd's a boring fighter. Yeah, you know, like Floyd's great speak, but I've never, like, I've always enjoyed watching, you know, Manny Pacquiao or uh, Roberto Duran. Like to me, they were fighters. They were just going in there for broke, and I, you know, I've always enjoyed their fights. But like, you know, I, I, Floyd, I have had the absolute respect for the guys. You know, his skill set is absolutely incredible, an amazing defensive boxer. But you know, it's not the most appealing to to people that want to see a good boxing exactly. match, unless you're looking for that kind of style of fighting. I just, I just, I feel like uh, Connor is, his striking is good enough, and he's smart enough to not. I don't think he would get or like to at least. I mean, he, he. I feel like he'd probably just go in there and get outpointed eventually by the end of the night. But I feel like he'd be tentative yeah. about it enough that he would be trying to be defensive and a counter puncher. Connor's going to be looking for a, a single left hand. Try to knock Floyd Mayweather the mm-hmm. fuck out. I mean, imagine, imagine that. That's what he's for sure going to be looking for. Whereas Floyd is going to be looking to pity pat oh, his sure. way, you know, to victory after twelve rounds of trying not to get hit and then just barely wiping his hands on his face. You know, and that's cool and all, and you know, for My the sport. Issue is that Car- but... Go ahead. Yeah, Carter's sorry, cardio is my issue for this fight because he's not used to going 12 rounds um the other thing too is the, the 12 ounce gloves you know eventually your arms are going to get tired and he's not used to carrying those up for what, how long is the boxing match what 30 minutes or something it's around that time they're three minute rounds you know, it's yeah three minute 12 rounds so you know his arms are going to start dragging <coughs> he's not going to be used to the the 12 ounces as the player you know as opposed to the four rounds and i just i don't see connor 
having the cardio to do that. And to, he's also going to look at his um, his boxing got to change too because, you know, Connor looks for those little shots, like what he did with Eddie Alvarez. And now, now that you know he's fighting Floyd, he's going to have a bigger glove to cover that's, up those little that's, areas. That's what I was about to say. Actually, not- the bigger the bigger factor about the bi- about the gloves being bigger, in my opinion, is actually the fact that Floyd is able to use that as a defensive tool in a way that. Mm-hmm. eliminates a lot of Connor's like immaculate uh accuracy. Like his accuracy is absolutely phenomenal and he's able to do that for a big reason because the UFC gloves are tiny and I mean you put your hands up and you're a good defensive fighter but it doesn't matter because he's just he he's got that placement and he's got that he's got the what what is a what does Kavanaugh call? He calls it the the or no, not Kavanaugh. Uh, the accuracy, the kiss, the kiss of death. Who calls it that? Uh, the... Joey Diaz. <laughs> or the, oh, the, the tu- no, the touch of death. The touch, the touch of death. That's what fucking TriStars guy call, calls it. Referring or, to Conor McGregor's knockout power. Referring to just his mystique. Uh, yeah. I um you know and basically all the reasons that we just it's funny listed, Chris Chris said I'm glad you guys aren't sucking Connor's dick and we go off on a tangent we're not that. sucking <laughs> Connor's dick but <laughs> the um <clears throat> all the reasons that we we're just talking about is really the reasons why I'm a much much bigger MMA fan than I ever ever was a boxing fan at the same time but anyway um what I was saying what originally started I, this I conversation like, like, was better, but I'm sorry what. Boxing's hard to find. I find that it's super hard to follow as opposed to mixed martial arts. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I, I like boxing. Um, L.A. was just bringing up how boxing is uh, boxing. Boxing by itself is a lot different than than boxing and MMA. Which, yes, obviously. Um, but you know, I've I've said it before, and it's kind of the main thing that sure. that martial. It's it's kind of the main aspect of martial arts as a whole as a as a thing in a, in my life that affects me is is the realism and its effectiveness in real life and boxing can't hold a candle to MMA when it comes to that so right. um that's where that's where I'm at on it that's the only reason I'm saying that but but what brought this whole thing up is we were I was I had brought up Cody Garbrandt calling out Conor McGregor at 150 yeah so Conor McGregor what do you, yeah what do you think about that I wouldn't do it. I well, I, if this you're is Connor, think, right? Uh, yeah, if that's you're what Connor, I was thinking. You don't do it. There's not a whole lot in it for Connor. There, there's the world is in it for Cody Garbrandt. Well, that, I think there's not a lot in it for Connor. And there's, I think that there's more you could do with Connor. And then you got T.J. Dillashaw who could face Cody. And that's that, what I, think I right was. There, you got a good angle right that. Yeah, that's already. That's, that already you're has now going to have the first team alpha male fight that you know because Uriah can never is now not going to fight T.J. So now you got Cody versus TJ, which could be a very interesting fight, I think. Fucking A. We were talking about it last time with Daniele Bellelli, but dude, fucking TJ Dillashaw's takedowns were fucking freakish. Like, that shit was like... Unbelievable, yeah. It looked unreal to me. It looked like... I mean, that was some of the gnarliest shit I've ever seen. My college roommate for two years uh, was went to the rival high school as Cody Garbrandt at the same time. Shout out to Jerome Robinson, two-time Ohio State champion. Holla, 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 100, 100, 100. But yeah, I, I was... That, Who do you think wins then, Cody or TJ? Cody or TJ? Jesus Christ, I don't, I don't even know, man. 
it's hard. Yeah, oh, that's man. a hard fight to call for me. Um, After but, seeing what Cody did to Cruz, though, it's like it's almost. But you can't play MMA math. You just yeah, can't you do can't. It. That does. I was gonna say that's that's that no. equation doesn't work. <laughs> that's like that's like well, you know, cow plus chicken equals cow chicken. But you know, a big fucking, factor is they they. They trained a shitload together, so I I would like to get more insight on that. And that's what your I, that's what your boy Brennan Shaw would call the X factor. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. That that that. Uh, that's, a, it's a, that's an interesting point. So um, this is a little bit off topic, but I found this other picture of Yoel Romero. Um, as you can see here, he has never done steroids. And uh, he's perfectly healthy. All right. Anyway, been waiting to do that for about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Royden, what do you do for a living, man? You, I see uh, if, if you're up to open up about it i just i see all these pictures of you oh, with no, celebrities and shit and it's just like what the fuck does this kid do for a living he's always no, meeting yeah, people I, I no i'm a bartender at a fine dining restaurant in the city cool so. shit i haven't been so, to canada since like, i was you know, like six Vegas happens, but uh were you at montreal or uh calgary he said earlier Cal yeah. very cool Cal down yeah very cool. Is that where The Goon took place? The movie The Goon? Is that where what? Is that where the movie The Goon took place? I think. Sean William Scott, it was on so. Netflix. No, the only movie that I can think of. What's that movie um, what's about? It called? Um, hockey. Cannibal, uh, not, uh, totally drawn a blank right It's like a hockey I'm totally head. Cool Runnings. Oh, what? Really? What, oh, about, what about Cool Runnings? That, that movie was uh, that takes place here. Really? Yeah, that's actually. Think a uh, man. Uh, at one of the. You're dead, man. It's called uh, Ranchman's here, and bobsled from the actual Jamaican bobsledding team is outside the building. Fuck yeah! They should have a statue of John Candy. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure they actually shot a scene in that. In there, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't seen the movie in about ten years, but yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that movie in forever either. But it was like a surprisingly, surprisingly, you know, in, you know, memorable and and big piece of my childhood <laughs> for some fucking reason. Well, there's well, your we only had, for you. yeah, we only had three VHSs, I guess, but I just remember Cool Runnings being on repeat. But my sister also liked to watch the same movie fucking eight thousand times in a row. For no fucking reason. I've seen The Crow 38 times by proxy. Just because I'd walk by and see the scenes from it. And my sister is super lame. Hope she's in the chat. Fuck yourself, Beth. <laughs> um, That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, was, yeah, they were there one night. I remember like I was... They had the intercom going. They're like, yeah, the original Jamaican bobsledding team is in the building tonight. Go say hi. And... I happen to be standing right beside them. I'm like, I'm like, is that you guys? Like, yeah. I'm like, can I sh shake your hand? Like, <laughs> well, you were, like you were, you were, you were in Canada, so I'm assuming the only reason that you knew that it was them is because it was the only four black dudes in the room. Pretty much, yeah. That was like <laughs> um, the other one I had too. Actually, like that was when I was in Vegas, and I went to go see the Super Bowl at Vince Neal's uh, restaurant, and we're standing in line, and I'm with my ex at the time, and I look over, and I'm like, is that Carrot Top? 
And he turns around <laughs> and looks at the both of us, and then he just kind of waves and walks away. And I'm like, do I do I ask for a picture? Do I ask for an autograph? Like, wh- like what the fuck do you do with Carrot Top? But that's apparently funny. I didn't know him and Vince Neil were actually really big buddies. That's that's funny. That reminds me of uh, recently Dustin Diamond, who's the guy that played Screech on Saved by the Bell, was in my town doing stand-up comedy downtown. I had to. <laughs> I sent him a message on Facebook and tweeted him. I was like, dude. Come on, my podcast. <laughs> fucking screech, man. That would be cool. It would be cool as fuck. I watched that shit growing up. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Who was the other guy? That uh, do you guys know that MMA roasted guy on Twitter? Yes, I like him. Yeah, he was. He did stand up here actually, not too Adam, long ago. Adam something. Adam. Yeah, that's his name. And then when I was down in Vegas for uh, Connor versus um, Diaz, he was doing stand up in the stratosphere where I was staying. So. Yeah, I think that our connection might be a little. If we can get some people in the chat to let us know how the connection. I see. Are you are you following through your laptop, Royden? Uh, yeah, it says that it's just uh, loading. Right yeah, we're we're still alive. Um, <clears throat> it'll cut back. All right, someone said it's fine. Anyways, where were we? Shit. You were talking about the MMA roasted guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm not even sure I know who you're talking there. about. That guy actually gets pretty funny sometimes. But did you see the uh, the thing that he made for DC? I think it was two years ago now. It was like uh, um, a parody of of that of that one song, and he's just like, "I'm all about that cake." About that oh cake. yeah, for and the uh, the MMA awards. Yeah, that was pretty funny. We'll probably that play that later. We'll have to play that later, and I don't think that it'll cause any problems. It's an original piece. Is it a parody? This year? Yeah, it's a parody. Say what now? What's the MMA Awards this year? I can't remember. I don't know. Well, all, all, it's all I saw... January. I think it's usually in February. I'm not sure. Yeah. Though. Curious to see some of them, like... Uh, I was thinking, I wonder if, uh, what's it, uh, MVP's going to get knocked out of the year. Yeah, I don't see how you could really dispute that. <laughs> that was, fuck Well, John McCarthy said, he's like, I've never seen a knee that vicious Man. in my career. Which knee is this that we're talking about? It was MVP against Cyborg when he busted up his skull. Yeah, you saw it. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. That... I don't. I don't think anybody's ever seen a fucking knee that vicious. I've never seen a flying knee. I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, yeah. re- it's yeah. I mean, that 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 particular attack. I mean, part of that is luck, um, and part of part of that is also the shape of the knee, and then part of it's also the shape of fucking and 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 construction and strength of Cyborg's fucking forehead. But, (laughs) but, but that, that, I mean, that, I mean, it's not like it was, that was probably not the hardest knee ever thrown. That one probably belongs to Yo Romero and Chris Weidman, but yeah, I I, I mean, but it landed just right and fucking turned his forehead into the crater that killed all the dinosaurs. I mean, Jesus Christ, it, it fucking turned it into the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, it was... I could, and especially when he held his head, he was like banging his feet on the mat. I was like, Holy "Oh yeah, shit. no, that's a different kind of pain." Yeah, I, I definitely expect that one to get knocked out of the air. That the only one I would probably uh, 
dispute would be when Hendo knocked out uh, Lundbard. Oh yeah, um, that, but Hendo. But, like I'm a little biased there because I am a Hendo fan, and to see him, yeah, you know, go out with one more H bomb like that. Oh uh, yeah, so sick. What about uh, fight of the year? Fight of the year. I my my mine. Fight of the year is probably fucking Hendo and Hector Lombard. I was fucking I the fucking hair was standing up on on my arms when I watched that fight. That was a great fight. Yeah. That that fight and that's what I was we were talking about it a couple shows ago. I I thought that you know it's not like that many people went into UFC 199 thinking that that fucking event was going to be as awesome as it was. You know what the one thing I looked at that card was that it was definitely not a casual fan card. Yeah. Like when you looked at you know you had Dustin Poirier against Bobby Green that like that had fight like a great fight written all over it you know Hendo and um uh, what's the other one um, Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber oh yeah Max Holloway fought that it's night like Max right now is probably probably my new like probably my favorite of the new generation yeah uh, like it, like that was the thing that card literally had it was it was not a casual fan card you had to be a fan of MMA to appreciate that one and I think that was probably one of the best cards of this year. Which one? I'm sorry, I'm out. One ninety nine. UFC one ninety nine. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I that's, that was that we were, was Bisbing, over Rockhold. Yeah, or no? Um, and no. Wait, what? No, was one, it one ninety nine? Yeah, yeah, it was. Bisping. Yeah. Fuck! How do I? And how do I forget that one fight? But yeah, Hector Lombard Hendo is what we were talking about, and then also uh, Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber, which that one wasn't a particularly great fight, but. Um, that's what was memorable that night for me. Well, you know, it was cool. The one thing that was cool about that is, like, it was finally the trilogy finally went down. Um, yeah. You know, it was obviously a fantastic performance on Dominic. You know, like, again, you know, his head movement and footwork is probably... It was it was unbelievable for that fight. So, um, and you know, the other thing, too, is it really kind of, you know, it brought the energy down just a little bit so that everyone kind of recharged for when Bisbing and... And Luke Rockhold got it. Like I was sitting on pins and needles, and I and that was another fight I took a lot of heat for because I I said Bisbing was going to knock him out. Um, I thought he was going to knock him out in a second, but I got. I didn't expect that fight to go quite the way it did. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a Luke Rockhold Michael Bisping rematch. I would only because because <laughs> well, you don't because you don't want. <laughs> I don't want Michael. Bolles. You don't want Michael Bisping to lose oh, yeah, that fucking like, belt. I always God said that. Like, you know what? Any given day, I probably would have picked Rockhold, but I'm like, I'm picking. I think Bisping's going to drill him because he had so much momentum going on with him. He had literally nothing to lose but all to gain. You know, and, you know, Luke Rockhold is fuming over that. I mean, he's got to well, be. I, I don't think I've ever seen a press conference, you know, like after the fight, go that bad. That they were still chirping each other, still going on, still bashing each other. Like most of the time, they kind of most you know you see them kind of settle down. Like okay, you know the better man won tonight, and you know two weeks later they started to go you know going again. But like literally, the fight was over and they're still going at it. And then he, Bisping goes and calls him a fucking faggot, which <laughs> I could. Oh, and that's like I'd love to see that trilogy. I think that would be a great one, but. The problem, I guess, now that Luke Rockhold's, uh, I think, was he just getting surgery, or was that with injury again? Because he pulled out of the the Jacare fight. That's right. Um, yeah, that I don't know. I can't chime in on that one. But yeah, like I, I said, I would. I that, but has uh, I guess Rockhold hasn't fought anybody since that fight, huh? 
Yeah, because was, he was supposed to fight uh, Jacare in November, I think it was. And yeah, he pulled out. That could be a cool fight. Oh, I think that would be a great one. That, that could turn into a fucking super tight jujitsu match. Like, um, that was another thing. Uh, actually, you were talking about like fight of the year. How about uh, how about uh, Mighty Mouse versus Tim? Uh, how, what's his last name? Elliot. Yeah, Tim, Tim Elliot. Elliot. How that about how about that fucking shit. fight? That was awesome. I that that first round, I remember I was I was watching my girlfriend. I was kind of just it was kind of nodding off. It was pretty late. And when he fucking rocked him, I, it totally woke me up. I'm like, holy shit, like, he's actually giving him a fight here. And that was the one thing that was exciting is that Mighty Mouse has just been able to blow through his division with ease. Now, it was finally somebody to actually give him a good fight. And Yeah, I want to see that one again. Mighty Mouse had to keep dragging the fight to the floor. And then... Well, I mean, I, I it's, it's, it's arguable that, uh, I mean... He, he might have been better standing up. I mean, it's it's probably hard to get comfortable in that fight. I mean that that was yeah. that was had to have been. I mean, I think by all accounts, probably it's the the most trouble anybody's ever given DJ. The only time I think he's ever really had trouble was his. Fir- I think it was his first title events against um, Don Johnson or uh, uh, Todd. Fuck Don uh, Johnson from Miami Vice, like yeah, back in the eighties. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm totally drawing a blank on his name now. Uh, the Magician. Demetrius. Um, Demetrius John. That's it, yeah. I think he's the only... Like, the first time they fought, he kind of gave him a uh, a bit of a... He gave him a good fight. Like, I thought that was an excellent fight. And then in the rematch, he just completely schooled him. And and same with uh, Joseph Benedictus. When he first fought him, Yeah. I thought that was another fantastic fight, really back and forth. Then the rematch, he just drills him in the first round. But... Yeah, I, that's another guy. It's like, I don't know what is left for him. Mighty Mouse is one of my idols because I competed at 125. It's such a silly thing to, like, hold, uh, hold a special interest into a specific weight class like that. It's just kind of a wrestling thing to do, I guess. Yeah. I thought that was a great addition, though, to the FC. The, the smaller weight classes have been, have been nothing but excellent, I think. Yeah, well, no, I think it's... My opinion on that's pretty obvious. Yeah, I think it's good yeah. news. I think it's good news that you know we've got the women's divisions now. I love. Which yeah. I was I was I telling my wife women. the other day. There was a guy back probably 2012, who, another MMA fan I know, who's who's telling me we we're almost arguing about it. He's like, "It'll never happen." He's like, "Women." Well, I'm like, that. "Why?" I'm like, "Why would it never happen?" Dana, said it makes it. zero sense for it to never happen. I, I was, you know, there's a certain. Uh, audience that watches MMA that probably doesn't want to watch chicks fight but I think it's pretty pretty obvious it's I think exciting. I think they everybody, haven't seen you on a fight then. I think oh, everybody like likes is just I think everybody likes to watch chicks fight I love watching chicks fight some of the gnarliest shit ever I think that they, think they put more like they've really stepped up like that was the thing a lot of people were doubting it in the beginning saying you know they don't belong in the octagon all this and yeah that's you just... know, I really had something to prove and you know with you know, even you know, go back as far as you know, Gina Carano, you know, even Ronda Cyborg, and now with the you know the one fifteen division with Rose and you want to John Chechik, you know, those women are really stepping up the game. And I feel like so the far, only people that were saying that that women don't belong in the octagon are either dudes that are nine hundred years old or fucking meatheads who aren't martial artists well, and, and have never and have never rolled with or, or or not even just rolled but sparred with with women or done martial arts with women. I can't understand why the fuck Dana would say it. 
I think it was probably a promotional standpoint. Is well, you I get mean, those people that are saying, I don't want to see women fight, and then when he landed the cash cow, Ronda Rousey, you know. Yeah. And all, no, that's the one thing. You can always, you know, you, you can bash Ronda for all you want, but you can't take that away from her, is that she really, you know, put a big a dollar sign on women's MMA. You know, you look at her, her fight with Betch O'Hara did 900,000 buys. Wow. You know, like, mm-hmm. almost every other dedicated MMA fan was like, there's no fucking way this fight's going to go two minutes and it's going to be exciting. And, you know, yeah, 900,000 buys. And then her fight with Holly Holm did a million. But then, you know, you know, one great example I look at is Carlos Condit against Robbie Lawler. Everyone and their mother knew this was going to be the fight of the year and it was going to be amazing. I was and it there. Did only roughly 300,000 buys. And I think that's what happened was with... I don't think Dana realized it's all in the marketing. How much you capitalize on this. Well, I mean, also Dana, I believe, quote me or, or correct me if I'm wrong, but recently said that uh, Conor McGregor and Diaz three would never happen. He yeah, did. I call bullshit on that. One. Um, what else? What else <laughs> did he? What else did he say? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. No excuses. You have to do all of your your media obligations. Yeah. What else? What else did Dana say? For sure, don't oh, hold any like weight to anything he said. Yeah, that's promoter. that's what I've that's what I'm saying. Promo- I've never seen or met a promoter that didn't bullshit. It was you know. Yeah, that's all and I'm I saying. Get, and it's like, I'm not gonna hold it against him. I get why he's saying it. Um, and I think that's what the whole Ronda thing is that. With, I think that was the big difference between the whole run and Conor McGregor thing was that they told Conor, okay, you got to be here to promote UFC 200. we got to shoot commercials. Mm-hmm. And Conor said no. You know, From day one, from what I'm hearing, is that they sat down with Ronda and Ronda said, I am not doing any media obligations from day one. Right. And I think they had to build that around it. So, And the other thing, too, is that if they had did yanked her from the card you know, two weeks before or whatever because she didn't want to do any of the media, that pay-per-view would have flopped. Like... A lot of fa- a lot of ded- dedicated MMA fans would have definitely wanted to see Cody against Dominic Cruz for sure. Like you know, they would have had my money for sure. But that's the thing: all the casual fans don't have a fucking clue who Dominic Cruz is or you know Cody Gambier. You know, I hope the hell they do now. But yeah, I feel like Cody Garbrandt uh, because he was on that Ronda card. I feel like a ton of people. I feel like that cracked open the 135 division, and a lot of people were paying attention to that after that, or because. It's a good division. Well, I mean, all I'm saying is, like you said earlier, UFC 199 and UFC 207. I was at the exact same place. I was at the fucking Buffalo Wild Wings in Winchester, city I live in. And uh, UFC 199, walked in, uh, walked up to the bar, hung out for a couple minutes, got a drink. Table cleared up. Me and my wife sat down. We watched most of the prelims and the entire event. Yeah, UFC 207 this past weekend. Standing. Nope. Standing. Yeah. Well, I mean, we walked in. Try, I mean, we uh, we got on the list to get a table, but nobody fucking left. I I've mean, only we ever were had, standing the entire fucking time. I've only ever had to stand for Ronda cards in the bar. Yeah. Well, I had that too when I went and saw. Um, was it UFC 198? I go to the same place called Shanks, and they have like a really big screen there, and. When I was there for 190, and if, like, off, you know, the 198 card again was a great MMA fan card. You know, Fabricio Verdooms to Stipe Miocic, Vitor Belfort versus um, Jacare Souza. You know, the debut of Cyborg. That was a fantastic card. I show up there, and it was like, yeah, there was nobody there. You yeah. know, and then I get there for the 205 with Conor McGregor against Eddie. I was there at five o'clock, and the place was already packed. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's just, it's like that's the thing you. Could, 
those guys do bring a lot of eyes, Miranda and Connor, and I, I really do hope that because of now that mainstream attention that they're bringing, that the guys that do deserve it, like Cow, you know, Cowboy Cerrone, I think someone I would love to see, you know, making bigger money and bigger paydays. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to, at and one point in Cody. time, I, I, I want to see Cowboy get a, get another uh, crack. Another crack at the title at some point in time. Um, I don't know how he's going to do it. My only issue I mean, with he's him on a tear. right now is his size. Like, when he starts fighting guys like Robbie Lawler and... Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know either. I think that he's fine. Like, he, does, he doesn't He doesn't look really that undersized to me for he's 170. Six, he's like a solid 6'1". He's kind of lanky. I, I think he's lanky. It's more about, like, thick. Like, you know, yeah. Robbie Lawler's like a thick guy. You know, Tyrone yeah. Woodley is a... You know, is, is built like a brick shithouse. Yeah. Uh, but one fight I really want to see actually is Cowboy against Damian Maya. Cowboy's got a Ooh. great setup, a great a great body composition for striking though, which I is obviously it, where he shines. I think that's well, a bad matchup for Cowboy. So good at keeping everyone away with his jab, and then you know, yeah. cracking up the good head kick. Like when I was at uh, two hundred two so when he sick. fought Rick Story, that combination so he set up to land yeah. a big head kick was fucking beautiful. I'm sick of oh, Maya fighting beautiful. guys that I like. <laughs> oh. I don't yeah, have anything against him besides the fact that he keeps knocking out like some of my favorite fighters, or not knocking out, but you know what I mean, uh, like taking him out. Sleep. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think him and Maya would be a really interesting fight. I would pick Fuck Maya. It, hey. I would pick Maya. I feel like I. You know, Cody, and that's the one thing I was like. Cowboy's got pretty good jujitsu. Like he's pretty. Yeah. But I don't know. If, it's under It's a different level. Be enough to defend well, yeah. himself, but like I, I couldn't see him submitting him. No chance in hell. But yeah, you know, maybe a, enough to defend it, get back up to the feet, and then shine with his striking. But. Yes, it's not like it's likely he's gonna end up fucking on the ground with Damian Maya, and then oh my god, he's inside control. Oh, he's 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 taking them out. No, it's yeah. not. It's that's not gonna happen. I don't, I don't feel like that's gonna. I don't feel like you're ever gonna hear Joe Rogan being like. I can't believe Donald Cerrone is in full mount on oh, Damian Maya right now. Yeah, yeah. Or, or he's got Damian Maya's back. I don't feel like those are things that you're likely to ever hear. Oh, um, and I, I completely agree with that. And I think that's what's going to happen. Like, but, I could see Damian Maya taking his back, but he, you know, he defends the rear naked choke. You know, gets yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Something like that. Defense but, good enough to, to, to bring the fight back to where he needs it. Yeah, I could see that. I think... His best option, though, with uh, Damian Maya would be to just Damn. fucking stay well, the fuck away from the ground. Him. Yeah, you, you're going to have to stay on the outside on that it's one. Like, you know, Damian Maya's striping definitely improved, but he ain't going to be on the same level as Cowboy. Well, it's the same thing. It's it's not like you're going to... It's not. I don't think you're ever going to hear Joe Rogan be like, look at that beautiful fucking spinning heel kick that Damian Maya threw and landed oh, flush yeah. on Donald Cerrone's face. I don't I don't I don't feel like that's like the same uh but opposite of what we were yeah. talking about. I feel like you're not going to hear that either. It should be an interesting fight though. I think For sure, yeah. I think really and that's the thing with Damian Maya though is that he's kind of the the dark, I don't I wouldn't say that like Nobody's really paying attention to him right now. Everyone's kind of focused on Woodley and then, you know, Woodley fighting you can Wonder Boy again. Horse. Woodley jumping over to fight Bisbang or Conor McGregor. But then Damian Maia is pretty much... Give he's me, only had, I believe, one loss in, welt- in the welterweight division. Give me Wonder Boy versus anybody, and I want to watch. Oh, that guy is just fat. Like, he's fascinating to watch. Wonder Boy. Huge. <laughs> what, what is the secret of your power? power? 
Best walkout song ever. Yeah, fucking A. But uh now I'm a big fan of um I'm a big fan of Wonder Boy and it's kind of for just simply the reason that, you know, uh I've got a Taekwondo background. Yeah, and I wanted him to win so bad. Uh, I think he's such a good role model for kids and shit. You see him in the gym. Well, you know, like the good thing him. about him is that he's almost got like that that GSP kind of um, style. Like you know, he's very humble. You know, he dressed extremely well for the press conferences. Yeah, outside. Uh, yeah, outside yeah. the ring. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, it, you know, it's it's great to see guys like Connor that are like you know getting the whole WWE thing going. Which like I, every once in a while, it's, it's pretty entertaining to watch. But. The other thing, too, is that you still need the ambassadors for the sport to show, yes, this is a legit sport. You know, these are real competitors, you know. And a guy like Wonderboy, I think, is a great would be a great example of that. And Genuine role model. For sure. Yeah and, yeah. and GSP was definitely that as well. Oh, and that's, like, he was such an... And that was, like, the one thing that always made me laugh about uh, the GSP versus Diaz fight was, like... The lead up to that fight was come on, bitch. And, you know, come on, bitch. GSP, this humble, yeah. you, know, you know, the lovable Canadian. Then you got Diaz, you know, fuck your mother, and, you know... Just going off you. the deep end. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, personally, I've never been, like, I've never been the uh, the MMA fan that gives a fuck about the shit talking. Literally, none of it matters to me. I Occasionally, I'll catch some of it. Um, I watch some of that because the news is interesting. Like, it's generated off of it, and it kind of yeah. gives you, uh, gives you an eye into what fights may be coming up because you you know that shit talking has all this weight now as far as how the fights oh, are set up. So it's to me which is actually kind of unfortunate because really what I'm there to see is the fight itself. It's kind of like yeah. what I was talking about earlier is is the uh the realism in martial arts and why I love MMA <clears throat> and I'm not you know I mean we we were talking about boxing at the time but <clears throat> It's it's the realism. I think it's as close to a real uh, combat. Uh, it's the ultimate proving ground. It, it it really is the closest thing to. They have the best uh, tagline and uh, and of any sport as, as real as, as it gets. gets. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's that's essentially what my dumb stumbling three cores light deep ass is trying to get to. But uh, no, I totally agree. Cheers, but yeah, by the way, cheers. That's that's exactly that's what I'm talking about, and um, so the shit talking just never really made that much of a difference to me at all ever. I, I, I'm I a do little biased a because like my dad worked for Stampede Wrestling, and you know my mom was a huge Stampede Wrestling fan, so like I've always grown up in wrestling. To just so I always get a little bit of you know that excitement when I see guys you know chirp at each other, and like it, it you know brings me like you know I was a kid again. But I yeah, do agree. Like, that's I why you love, love Chael. I've got no. Well, that's, why, you know, that's why I love Chael. So yeah. I love, I, that's, you know, and I just I do love that. To me, it it just gets me so fired up. And again, it's you know being that '80s wrestling fan. Um, but I do agree. Like you know, I do just want to see at the end of the day, you know, two athletes competing. But yes, yeah, it hurts. It you know, it's it's still at the end of the day good for the company. Like yeah, I agree. I agree. Bring a lot of eyes. I agree. It's bittersweet to me because yeah. a I, I don't give a fuck. But then b um, it 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 really has generated more revenue for the sport. And while I hate. Uh, going to the bars and then like at UFC 207 this past yeah. weekend, you know, Ronda got the shit smacked out of her and mm -hmm. some dumb jackass that was there fucking almost got in a fight with a dude 
and his scrawny ass took his shirt off and everything in the middle of the bar. Oh, it was like 30 degrees outside. He ended up having to go outside. He's standing outside for like 30 minutes afterward with no shirt on. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Well, but he, he almost gets in a fight a because he thinks that the Ronda Rousey fight got stopped early. And I'm oh I'm God. just like, what the fuck? Fucking See, losers. What I'm, what, what I'm getting at is like... Is that the the shit talking culture of it? The 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 WrestleMania style shit has yeah. this this unfortunate side effect to where you get I will these, agree on that. you get these casuals that that really I I don't care because anything that makes the sport grow I think is a good thing. But it is it hurts and it helps. It hurt it hurts. Uh, I don't know what martial arts has been for me my entire life. I get what you're saying. To have those types of people. It amplifies the yeah. tap out, cliche, yeah. t-shirt wearing motherfucker. Yeah. So there's that. But but at the same time, the revenue generated is good for the fighters. It makes the sport more popular. It means more people are doing it. So um, I'm only pointing out what I see. And let's just say I'm not complaining that much. But um, but that, I just, you know, I'm just kind of talking out of my ass. But you know what I'm you saying. Know, I agree with you on that. Like when I was at uh, 202... And with like the fight just ended with Connor and Diaz. I'm literally walking up the stairs to leave the building, and security's already jumping guys that are kicking the shit out of each other. It's like, yeah, fuck, like guys, like that's the thing. Like it's guys like that that they're gonna bring to the sport. It's gonna, yeah, you get those tap out douchebags that are just, and it, you know, kills the credibility. Like, and that's the one thing you know. The UFC has spent so much time, you know, mixed martial arts in general actually has spent so much time to show that it's you know it is a sport. This is legit. These aren't these you know you know barbarians going in there and beating each other up like that you know these are real trained athletes you know and yeah. guys like you know getting in a you know in a fist fight and ripping your shirt off it's just it makes it look bad yeah for the record i think that the ufc in their earlier days tarnished that uh that image that they're trying to do away with pretty badly with just like the early logos and shit with the blood spatter. I don't yeah. think blood splatter shit. I, it's just I, like... I, I honestly don't think anybody's trying to get rid of it and it's only because even casual fans, there's nothing wrong with being a casual fan. We're using the word casual a lot tonight. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's going to be popular in Defect K. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with with a casual fan existing. Um, but I don't, I don't filthy casuals. But the uh, you you can't you can't get rid of them either because they are they 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 generate a ton of revenue. Yeah. Real, oh, real, yeah. real. Martial arts fans are not that damn common. It's really not. I mean, there's tons of people that see UFCs, but when you ask them who their favorite fighter is, it's, it's Conor McGregor. Yeah. And it's like, well, did you see the? Uh, do you did you see D Demetrius Johnson and Tim Elliott? Or and then it's like, oh no. But it's like, no, really, you don't know who Demetrius Johnson is, do you? I mean, well, you know, like, uh, there, there's a ton of I people a, like that, and, I, and I'm not trying to talk shit. Anybody that's listening, and there's nothing wrong with being a, a casual fan of something. And of course, you're gonna you're gonna know the more well-known, famous people that everyone's talking about before you're ever gonna learn anybody else. Well, that's you know, that's the other thing too is that that's how you're gonna start getting those casuals to dedicated fans, like you know, the people that watch 207. You know, maybe they really liked watching Cody, and then you know, maybe they'll purchase the next pay per view that he's on. Well, no, that's the that's the point, and that's the yeah. good side of the equation. Yeah, I, I that's the bad the side. The bad side is that the, is when people go out to a bar, 
they watch uh, or, or they go out to a bar specifically to watch a Conor McGregor or a Ronda Rousey card. They have a couple too many beers. They yep. get amped up, and then they want to fight the dude that's standing next to them. I don't know how many goofy-ass fights I've seen break out uh, where neither party knew anything about fighting whatsoever <laughs> after a UFC event. It's, it's, it's actually, I'm not going to lie, it sounds like I'm complaining, but it's actually relatively entertaining for me. I mean, that's some after-fight. It's like some prelims. It's, yeah, it's, after, it's, it's like some pre prelims. You know, guilty pleasure. That's the B sides. I, <laughs> I step out on the sidewalk and watch some dudes. Fucking. I like how you put that. B sides. Yeah, it's the. That's, that's pretty good. Joe Rogan's stand up, and this guy's just oh, yeah? drunk as shit, and he's screaming at Joe, and Joe's like, "Okay, <laughs> what? Here's your fucking fifteen minutes." He goes, "It's like okay." It's like, what do you want to tell me? He goes, "Well, first of all." I'd kick the shit out of GSP. What? <laughs> and Joe's like, just stops him there. He's like, okay, let's just get to the root core of this situation. This guy's got 0% body fat. Not only would he fuck you up, he'd fuck your wife right after he was done. <laughs> that's like, a, that's oh. some Joe Rogan-esque uh, comedy Joe's right there. His stand-up's so funny. But I, um... I'm going to miss him. I'm really going to miss him. Oh uh, yeah, actually, somebody brought that up in the chat earlier. Chris did. What uh, Goldberg leaving? Is that what he said? Uh, no, well, Joe. Like Joe. Oh, when he does. Yeah, he's limited his contract. He's cutting back. Uh, yeah, that's. I'll miss Joe a lot more than I'll miss Goldberg. I, I got nothing against Goldberg, but uh, Joe's commentary is a lot more educated. Oh, for sure. Uh, and that's no, that always surprised me. Like when when I was getting back into it, and I was. I'm like my dad. I remember watching my dad, and my dad's like, "If this, you know what? If this guy's giving me advice about MMA, you know, if I need advice about he eating fucking worms, I'll come talk to you." But I didn't like. I didn't realize that he was in the sport for so long, and like Joe knows his stuff. Like, oh, Rogan's a gi black belt. He's a no gi black belt. He's a second degree yeah. black belt in Taekwondo. He's got a kickboxing background, wrestling. I mean, the guy is a legitimate martial artist. He was Massachusetts state champion at one point in time. Uh, the dude's a legit martial artist, and if you've oh, ever yeah. seen him throw a, I mean, I can tell you as, as a as a guy with a with a, I, I don't even want to admit that I have a first degree black belt in Taekwondo, but as a guy with uh with let's just you know what let's just since I'm I'm just gonna be super self deprecating. Let's say I bought it on Amazon. I got an Amazon.com black belt. All right, and. Uh, as a guy with an Amazon.com black belt, did you order you, it through our website? I did. I used our I used our Amazon link. Go to <laughs> let them know podcast.com. Scroll down, click on the Amazon.com link, buy something. We get a little piece of that. Anyway, uh, that's where I got my uh, black belt. And just as a guy with an Amazon.com black belt, uh, watch Joe Rogan throw a a turning sidekick one time. Yeah, you know he's legit. Yeah, I already heard yeah. Rogan said that like quietly. Yeah. But yeah. Fuck. Well, you know, that's the one thing I've always kind of was curious about. I'm like, I wonder if he would ever have fought. Um, I think Joe Rogan versus CM Punk. <laughs> I, I want to say oh, I've I want to say I've oh, heard sorry, him what? say on his show, um, which it's no secret, but I'm a I'm a I'm a big ass fan of. But I want to say I've heard him say on his show that that I mean, really, MMA didn't really exist when he was in his. Fighting thing, prime. Yeah. He started doing jujitsu 
under Jean-Jacques Machado in 1993. So, I mean, but... UFC he but, was just starting by that point. Yeah, but his Taekwondo career was already over. I mean, he was like... Yeah. You really are a Rogan fanboy over there. You got all the facts straight. (laughs) Who me? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I don't. I don't make me feel like I don't know shit about Rogan, and that's. I I don't know. Well, I've also like you were asking me. You you said something on the show one time. You're like, yeah, you know, every once in a while we skip episodes. I'm like, not me. I was thinking about me here. Actually, (laughs) I got a little bit of a problem. I've heard every single episode. Um, I I respect that. A couple episodes twice, but uh, but yeah. So I've I've heard him say several different spiels that he goes into about 900 times. But I, yeah, I really he does do... kind of repeat himself. Well, how are you going to not when you have 800 and some episodes to the tune of like three three hours apiece? <laughs> I wonder how many times we'll have repeated ourselves by episode 100 of this bitch. Good point. Yeah. So, But anyway, I'm just saying... Um, and I'm not like... Uh, not here to suck Joe Rogan's dick, but the dude's a legitimate martial artist. Oh, yeah. And um, you can tell. It's it's real. So, it's yeah. I mean, when I listen to his breakdown of, especially when shit goes to the ground, and I watch that, that's super interesting to me because I'm a lot newer to jujitsu than I am uh, striking. So I watch striking and everything else just kind of goes blank. But when it's on the ground, I watch and sometimes Joe points out shit that I don't see, and I and I roll. So it's it's stuff that I'm like, oh shit, his foot is right there, huh? That's cool. That's yeah, it's amazing neat. those little differences you yeah. pick up, how much it can change everything. Yeah. Not that I'm a shit. I don't even, not that I'm the shit. I do not have an Amazon black, blue, brown, purple, any color <laughs> belt in jujitsu, by the way. Never would claim to. Yeah, yeah, yeah Travis like, yeah, J. Rick, we are talking about Rhonda getting her face knocked off a little bit. Oh, good. Sorry, I was that just was addressing something. Um <laughs> That was a hard night for me to see that knockout. Yeah, that was rough. Well, like for me, I my original pick was Amanda Nunez first round KO, and I said I'm not gonna have my pick finalized until I see the press conferences and all that stuff because I need to like my biggest thing with Rod is her her ment- I think the girl's got a mental illness. Like the girl's just she's out there. I got a piss, but I just want to say I've I've said the same thing for several months. I got the exact same. Oh yeah. You know, and that was the thing. Like a lot of people were bashing her, like saying, "Oh, you know, she was going to commit suicide after her fight with fight with Holly Holm." And it's like, the way I was I was thinking about it was that the girl's dad committed suicide at a very young age, um, and I I don't think Ronda's looking at her losing her world title the same way. She's you know she's almost like you know feeling that same thing of you know when she lost her dad, and that's why I think that put her in that total deep downward spiral and. Like I, honestly, the girl needs to see a sports co- a psychologist. I think one hundred percent, and oh, and then she's got to ditch Edmund too. But and I think that and that was the issue I had. So her not showing up to the press conferences, I was like, uh, okay, this is just adding to my fact of her getting knocked out. And then when they got in the cage, and Amanda wouldn't look at her, and I'm like, I think she's scared of Rhonda. And I'm like, all right, maybe Ronda's going to pull this off. I'm like, all right, Ronda's got this. And then the bell rung, and, yeah, Amanda just, you know, unleashed hell on her. Like, you know, whatever switched instantly. But she beat the hell out of Ronda. And I was reading the uh, the transcript, though, of Edmund's advice, yeah. which was, like, absolutely embarrassing. Like, the shit I was screaming at my TV was was better than <laughs> what he was saying. Oh, it was, it was embarrassing. Um, 
Yeah, it's but pretty... like that's the one thing I said was I said I think she needs to. She's got to ditch Edmund. She's got to get a psychologist, and then uh, you know I think like Duke Rufus would be someone fantastic for her. Yeah, and you know possibly come back as you, you know, really. You really think that she needs to give it another go? Like, well, like let's get like in all fairness, like the girl got so far with just judo, pretty much. And the other thing too is you, if you look at her fight with Betch Gohera, she knocked her out cold. She did. You know, she's got power in her hands. She, I don't think she just knows how to use it. And I think that's the thing is that I think she needs to learn, you know, the, the fundamentals of boxing. You know, some good head movement. You know, working a jab. You know, she's not going to be able to catch up to to girls like Holly Holm or. Um, uh, Amanda Nunes, but at least it's going to give her enough to, you know, take less damage to use that to get into the clinch and then work her judo. But that's the thing. Like, she, I don't think, I think the reason she got as far as she did was because she was just that damn good at with judo and getting people to the floor. But then once girls like Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes kind of figured out, okay, just keep her distance with the jab, and they figured it out, and that was it. So we're we're still talking about Nunez and Rousey then, right? Yeah. I I had kind of a interesting call for that fight. I had Amanda Nunez in the second round via submission, and I don't that crossed my mind actually. I I I had that because Amanda Nunez is a judo brown belt, so I figured her brown belt is going to be enough to give her some decent defense or to to have a inside knowledge of. At least what Ronda's going to be trying to do, if she yeah. can't stop it, but at least she can maybe... At least you know what's coming. Maybe she'd know a couple steps ahead of time to stop it from even being able to get there. Yeah. And then on top of that, she's a she's a, she's a a legitimate black belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So I I had her being able to, in a, in a, in a scramble or in a, in a, in a situation where it's, we're, we're spending, you know... 30 seconds to to a couple minutes on the ground. I had I had Amanda Nunes being able to submit Ronda. So um yeah, I was kind of also trying to give Ronda the benefit of the doubt because in my heart I I really was thinking that it was pretty much going to go the way that it went. Yeah, I, I just like I said like when she got in that cage and Amanda wouldn't even look at her. I'm like I thought that was really weird like I that Amanda kept her face towards the fence and then you know, the minute that bell rung, it was like I said, she just unleashed hell on her, and it was like you know, like a switch went off. But yeah, well, I was before I think before Will got back in the room, I was kind of alluding to. Do you really think, man, that that she needs to keep doing this? I just feel like who Ronda. Well, well, that's that's the thing though. Like you know, like she's got she definitely has to. If she does want to keep going, she's got to improve. Like that's pure and simple. Um. You know, she might be a draw enough for one more big fight, but then that's the only issue. Is like now that she's got two losses back to back, is she going to be the same draw anymore? So there's, there's no, I don't there's think no there's no depth. way she's going to be. She can't headline a pay per view anymore. There's no, no depth in the yeah. division to really give her a fighter that's like, oh, this is a good matchup without it being somebody who I think is already too far ahead of her in the game right now like yes yeah, you got you got fun. that russian chick shevenko like, valentina yeah, that girl's a badass um yeah, yeah you, you, against, what is it julia panay is fighting next so i mean yeah juliana yeah it's shit even her she's been chirping about ronda saying i want i want a piece of her and yeah. i think that juliana would probably 
fucking smash too. Well, so I say, I say you give Ronda a rematch of a chick who she beat the shit out of before. I, I the the thought of Cat Sagano yeah. kind of crossed my mind. I was thinking Cat. That's not bad. That's Kat, not a bad idea. Cat or um. Cat actually kind of deserves that rematch. Maybe Sarah, too. like you know, Sarah McMahon's coming off of a pretty big win. Sure, um, Sarah McMahon, somebody like that. Give her somebody that's a little bit further down in the rankings. Yeah, that she. I just don't know. Yeah, I'd say give her that one as one last fight. Put it as a as a as a under. You know, yeah, she can't headline a pay per view. No, like you said, I, I that's not going to happen. They did internet when they do International Fight Week. If she was maybe the third fight in, yeah, and then you have your. T- your two title fights is how I'd... I'm going to be there this year, dude. I would say no reason not to give that to her. One last one. If she wins the last one, uh, the, or if she loses the last one, it's three in a row. Well, yeah. Yeah. You got to, you know, sorry. You gotta I mean, she's got to get out of here. She's got to, like, revamp something because... But it's like you were saying, I, I think she... I legitimately, and I was saying this before this last fight, I was like, I think that she legitimately has... Um, I don't know if I'd call it a mental illness, but well, that's she, what he was saying while you were gone. I think she does. Like, I flat out think she's got something because I, I, like, there's definitely something. MMA's reacted like this after their first loss. Well, she's talked about uh, fucking suicide on national TV and shit like that, or whatever, or alluded I, to like, it, it's and because of her dad, like her dad killing himself. And then, you know, she was bullied as a kid. She was living in a car. Like, you know, some I people, just, people that might sound like a total sob story, but realistically, like. We all deal with a loss differently, and you know, losing your father at such a young age, and I think that's why she took the loss to Holly Holm so much. Is that it was, well, it, it was being related to that, you know, her losing her father, and that's why yeah. she went off the deep end. I just, I think, yes, I I agree with you one hundred percent, and I also look at just the way that she fought Holly Holm after after oh shit after the four minute mark in the first round. I mean. There's something that happened inside of her where she turned into a little frustrated uh, yeah. little little girl. Yeah, who, she had like a, a and it, I was as soon as I saw that when I watched it live, I was like, "Oh shit, this is not good for her at yeah. all." She, I mean, it, it was ridiculous the way she started running at her. I mean, oh, so so like, so bad and, and so telegraphed that, that Holly like, could just okay. That was a good round, champ. Yeah, oh yeah, well, like, yeah, what? not not to mention that fucking shitty dude. Um, oh, that guy's a piece of work. But, but you know what, the big thing it always reminded me of, and I always wanted to, if I ever had a chance to ask Ronda this, I was going to ask her, even before she lost, was she reminded me so much of Rocky Three. You know, she was on the cover of every magazine, she was doing commercials, you know, just you know, like in Rocky Three, and yeah. then Holly Holm comes along, and everyone expected nothing was going to go, you know, it's just going to be another day in the park, and... She gets stopped, and I and then with the way I looked at it was that how can someone like her stay focused as the most you know ruthless champion of the in the women's division? You know, how do you stay focused when you're still shooting movies, doing commercials, you're on the poster, you know posters everywhere? Like she was, you couldn't hide from her, and that was my problem. Was like eventually this is going to catch up. I think that she would uh, she would answer that question like gulping, like oh fuck, you're right because. She was training for her fight and like posting on Instagram and shit, being like, yeah. "I'm training this shit like Rocky Four, actually, with the with the yes. with Rocky, you know, in up in the mountains and all that oh, shit." Yeah. And but you're right, it it was more of a Rocky Three thing, and that shit we could 
now that you brought that up, that's something that we could make a whole new podcast about is just what? talking about Rocky if you really <laughs> wanted to because uh, your boy right over here is the biggest Rocky fan on the goddamn planet. I'd have to I'd watch have, all the movies again. Rocky, so. Yeah, and that's the way I was looked at. I'm like, I'll go toe-to-toe with you on quotes all day, son. Oh, you definitely school me. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, well, I went in a quote time. match about uh, the life oh, aquatic with Steve <laughs> Bell Murray. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> as far as her mental situation, I... Yeah, there's something wrong. Like, there, Well, I, I'm having a hard time figuring how she would come back from this because this one this one is arguably this loss was arguably much more worse than holly holm kicking her in the head and i think that's the thing why she needs to see a sports psychologist is she needs to learn that you know these things are going to happen in your career you know and and i don't and i don't think she knows how to deal with that you gotta look you know her amateur career, she was undefeated. You know, she went 12, like, literally everyone's feeding her. You're the best. No one's going to be able to touch you. You're the, you're unstoppable. And then she loses, you know, that. And, you know, um, what's his name talked about that? Um, George Foreman said that when he fought. I think it was when he fought Muhammad Ali. He's like, you start believing your own bullshit, that you're indestructible. No one can beat you. I'm the best out there. I'm the, you know. And when you lose, you just, like. How did this happen? Like he was, and he said when he lost to Muhammad Ali, he's like, I was completely devastated. Yeah, and I think that's what happened with her is that everyone is telling her you're the best, you know, that no one's going to touch you, and then she loses, and it's just the world shook, you know. And I think that's the same thing happened with Anderson Silva. Um, you know, when Anderson lost to Chris Weidman, it was like, <laughs> like everyone couldn't believe it. It was, and you know, and the fact that people were even saying that he threw the fight. It, you know, it got that, that people couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. How bad do you think Anderson really took those losses? I, I mean, not, not, it's it was definitely bad. wasn't to the, to the Ronda caliber. I mean, you'd definitely be upset oh, no, with I, I yourself. I don't know one fighter that's ever gotten to that point. Yeah. And that's why I think she's legitimately has some sort of a mental illness because of that, the way she took those losses. You know, and then you, like, you see Anderson Silva, you know, he, he came off, you know, those two devastating, you know, loses his world title, snaps his leg in the rematch, and then comes yeah. back a year later to fight uh, Nick Diaz. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Holly Holm, she gets submitted by uh, Misha Tate. What's, you know, she goes, the first thing she did is she went and hired a new jiu-jitsu coach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and then with Ronda, yeah, she's, it's like, and everyone, I think that's why everyone was kind of coming down on her and insulting her, oh, you know. You're, you're thinking about quitting, you know, killing yourself and all this stuff. When I, I, I don't think it's she's doing this because she's acting like a spoiled brat. I think she's doing this because she's legitimately sick and that. Yeah, that, I, get, know, I get, I get bothered. Guess, I get, I get bothered too by the the, the spoiled g- brat talk. Yeah, the gen- I, I don't the have general, a, the general fan yeah. base uh, is uh, like anti, like the people that aren't like super the, pro Ronda that that are like oh what was me Ronda boo who you like yeah. it's it's easy for you to say when you haven't been the face of a, a, an entire sport essentially for several years well, and sh- she's had so much media coverage and everything and people can pretend like oh if I was in that position I wouldn't be such a crybaby about it all it's like well yeah, yeah. but you're not don't, so don't, don't, shut the fuck up I don't, don't know don't get me don't get me wrong I I uh 
I don't feel bad for her that's, for for that's a couple me. for a couple reasons. That's well, me being a fan of her saying that. So I'm a, I'm I'll, a, I'll be yeah. flat out and say I am biased on the pro Ronda side. Well, you know, I'm I, the same thing. Like you know, I'm a huge fan of her. But that bullshit of her not showing up for the media obligations, if I, I would have lost my shit during that meeting if I was Dana White. Like, I would have went fucking ballistic. Like, I, there's no way you can have, you know, the, the name of the game now is promotion. And to have your main star not doing any of the media obligations, I would have lost my shit. I am a big Ronda Rousey fan. I, I legitimately am. in her martial arts ability, I mean, particularly a couple of years ago. But even now, it doesn't it doesn't matter her her abilities and what she was able to do with her fucking Olympic level judo and throwing these bitches on her head on their head and then just destroying them. It was amazing, and it she is very talented. And I would never say that she's not talented, but but she was kind of acting like a cunt for a little while there. Uh, particularly, I mean, to several chicks. I, I will admit. So, so my thing I is, I I don't feel bad for her for losing, but I do feel bad for her for having to deal with potentially either mental illness or, 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 you know, whatever. But but the other piece of it is, I don't know her, and at the same time, mm-hmm. yeah, like, she was yeah. acting pretty cunty to a I couple of these the chicks. Yeah. I'm gonna have the same problem uh, pretty soon. My only issue so. is the way when she acted uh, towards Misha at the end of their rematch. Yeah, when Misha went to shake her hand and she just walked away. You know, like the way I look at it is like well, say I mean, whatever you want. She was talking shit to Holly Holm before the fight too. Something about oh, yeah. you know fake ass farmer's daughter bitch or some shit. And it's like really, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, like, I don't even know what to start that. You know, the other thing, yeah. Well, apparently that came out of nowhere because Holly Holm is like, uh, you know, yeah, that I don't was know, weird. she's. I think uh, I like Rhonda a lot. She's you know I mean Holly Holmes, Holly Holm. I don't even think she knows how to be mean. She knows how to kick you in the fucking face and shut your lights off, but she doesn't know how to be yeah, mean, like, legitimately like mean. Yeah. And uh, so I, I don't like. I, mean, I thought that like for me, if it's showmanship, that's one thing. If it's Chael Sonnen talking yeah, shit because yeah. it's showmanship and you know that that's what it is, that's one thing. If it's John Jones talking to Daniel Cormier talking t- type shit, yeah. that's one thing. But when you can't tell and it, someone just seems like a cunt, I, I have no respect for that. And actually, when yeah. I couldn't tell the difference, I didn't like Chael Sonnen. I was like, fuck this guy. He's talking <laughs> shit for no reason. Yeah. But then I realized what he was. And the same thing with yeah. Conor McGregor, except I, I kind of knew what he was from the get because I kind of saw this happening. But in my mind, when I first started watching uh, the, the UFC, um, not just the UFC, but MMA in general, uh, my, my, I, I came from a traditional martial arts background, and all the martial artists yeah. I knew were super respectful in defeat and everything else. It was part of it. You were humble. You, you, yeah. you didn't go around talking shit like that um, unless you were a legitimate asshole. <laughs> and then at that point, yeah, I wanted you to get your ass kicked. So that to me, I mean, now it's different and it's because of the showmanship angle. And that's what we were talking about earlier. But yeah. I don't see that with Rhonda. With Rhonda, it's, with Rhonda, it seems legit when she talks about how fucking Holly Holm is some fake ass farmer's daughter bitch or yeah, that fucking was- whatever. That doesn't seem like showmanship to me. She seems emotional. And it bothers me a little bit. So I, I don't I don't have I don't I don't feel bad for her. That she lost, but I do feel bad for her that um, she has to deal with uh, 
mental illness or i mean maybe it's not as severe enough to call it mental illness but whatever you want to call it it's so, yeah there's something definitely there's there. something um, going on and i do feel bad that she has to deal with that but also you know what would make me feel really bad if i was depressed oh i don't know about three million dollars i don't know about you guys <laughs> but uh, it, it, it makes it real hard for me to feel bad for her, is all i'm saying my only the only time i I don't like is when, you know, like before the fight, I don't care. Say what you want to say to hype the fight up. You know, you want to make your money, fine. Yeah. But for me, when the fight's over, I think that's when it's time. You got to be respectful. Fuck, yeah. And Perfect example, Dominic Ronda, Cruz. You know, refused to shake her hand. I thought, okay, that, like, yeah. don't do shit like that. Even even with Betch Coherry, you know, Betch was saying some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, Betch was being a bitch. Don't cry. And I'm like, you know what? It's over. Just yeah, Betch got and fucking I, handled, too. So, oh, that was a yeah. fucking massacre. But, you know, um, you were talking about being humble and, 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 and what, I mean, by the way, uh, good ex- another good example of that is Conor McGregor. It's one reason I do like Conor McGregor is that even in defeat, like, he's able to say things th- that he said about uh, Nate Diaz after yeah. he won the first fight. You know, and he was not like, you know, he got lucky or anything like that. He was like, yeah, he, he, he beat me. And I yeah. was like, and somebody on top like that being able to say that, as easily as he was, I felt like it really, uh, that, that's the, the true spirit of what the martial arts are supposed to be, at least to yeah. me. And then, and then like after, uh, the Dominic Cruz and Cody Garbrandt fight, I Dominic mean, Dominic, humble. Dominic was super humble. And I was like, Jesus, man, that is, that's the real shit. And, and if especially any, the if shit it, that was coming out of his mouth. Like, oh he was yeah. Pretty crazy stuff. Oh yeah, and if anybody ever had a, a, a reason to be fucking flipping the fuck out, emotional or whatever, that they, was an yeah. embarrassing fight. I've never seen anybody do that to Dominic Cruz. I think Dominic. I think the big thing was Dominic underestimated him. Yes. I don't. I don't think. And you know, what, I specifically have to admit, a stand up. Well, I, also, I thought Dominic was going to go in there, just work some jabs, work some leg kicks, take his time, pick him apart, and Cody was just going to look for the big punch. The entire fight was, was on the feet. It was, it was amazing. Opposite. That's that's what that's what Meanwhile, that's what the casual fandom wants to see is a yeah. stand up fight like that. That was a beautiful stand up fight for the entire oh, like fucking it, five. Minutes. I, I really, awesome. really hope though that that's gonna bring in some new revenue and some new fans. Like I really hope that people I are hope, gonna like I was saying, I hope it because it was part of that Ronda card, I yeah. hope it really <laughs> shines some light on the one thirty five division. Well oh, that like easily that was fight of the night right there. Like that was I, Easy. That was, that was an amazing. That was an amazing way to cap off the year. Yes, it was wonderful. That was fucking made my night. Um, but you know, I mean, fuck, dude, Dominic Cruz undefeated in what ten years? Last loss was to Uriah Faber. Fucking yeah, his loss was Uriah. Back in like what twenty one hundred BC. Back when he had that fucking, yeah, he like that dorky haircut. What was that? The WEC? He had, he had the exact yeah. hairdo that I have right now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. So I mean, but the fact that he came out of that humble and said what he said about Cody afterward, and and the way that Dominic Cruz handled that, I was yeah, like, God I, I damn, that's fucking that. graceful. That's, that's a lot of balls and a lot of uh, hell yeah. Uh, he, he was definitely being a man there to say, you know what, the better man won tonight. And, mm-hmm. No, that was that was pretty sensational to see. Like, and it, yeah, that was a great way to cap the year off. Like, and I think you know the other thing too was like uh, it, it was a great start to the year too with Carlos Condit and Robbie Lawler. Like that was that was probably my pick for fight of the year this year. 
That's the only uh, UFC event that I've actually gotten to go to. That would have been the one to... Well, that and then you get to see... Uh, was it Stipe Miocic knock out Arlovsky? That was just... Unbelievable. <laughs> I met Luke Rockhold that week. Was, oh, really? And... Um, what else did I get to do? I met one of uh, Condit's... I don't. I don't know if it was the main guy, but I met one of his movement guys at, at a oh, at a bar at the club after the fight. I was like, "Is Carlos still here?" <laughs> but yeah, he wasn't. I wanted to go to uh, Cowboys after party. I was thinking about going to that one for when he fought at two hundred two. Because I'm like, out of all the parties to go to, that would be the one to go to. Hell yeah. Well, guys, unfortunately, it's about that time of the night. We're getting ready to have to shut this thing down. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I yeah, appreciate no it. This uh, was a great conversation. Great we'll have to get you back on again. Yeah, not a problem. Some other time in the future. Unfortunately, I actually, Willis has early. I got super wake. fuck you in the ass early o'clock time that I got to get up tomorrow. It's it's and uh, drive fucking shitty drive all the way out to Columbia, Maryland to go do some shitty shit. And get uh, bitched at about how I'm not working hard enough or fast enough or something, I guess. But after that, <clears throat> me and the wife and the old kiddos were going to take a little trip down to Richmond, Virginia. Tomorrow? On Friday. Oh, on Friday, okay. Yeah, and uh, Rochelle's getting a tattoo, and me and the kids are going to go wander around downtown. And um, maybe I'll have some interesting videos to upload or something from that. We'll see what's going on. Run. Thanks for coming on the show again, man. Well, I, thank, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, it. I'm, and I'm serious sure about I'm serious about having you back on. We got to do that because I had I had some more questions, but <laughs> they're gonna have to wait. Yeah, no worries. I'll uh, yeah, I look forward to it. I'll uh, I'll bring up the, the Chael Sun and Robe next time. Then sweet fucking a. That's what I want to right. hear. All right, sounds good. Well, have a good night, guys. You too, man. Take it easy. Thanks, good night. Royden. Peace out, brother. Yell out. Sweet. That was awesome. He's a cool dude, man, for sure. Um, fuck. I don't even want to go to bed, man. That's what I hate about this shit. But I have to. If I don't go to bed, literally, like I'm, it's already late. It's already too late. Right there. It's, it's too bad. It's too bad for me. <laughs> dude, I have such a hard time sleeping as it is. It's such a pain in the ass. Fuck. I'm sick of getting up at 3.45 in the morning. 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm sick of it, dude. I'm crashing here. and I, I was going to say, I'm looking at that. What is that? Seven? <laughs> You've got seven empty bottles right there. Team drunk. Hashtag team drunk right here. I've got four. I might do I might do one more with you. Turn this thing off. Do, do one that more. Does math add up? I don't think it does. How many do we have here? This is only a 12-pack, sir. I don't know. Shit, there's only one more beer in here, so... Well, that makes sense. I'm sure there's one hiding around here somewhere. You better grab your own. <clears throat> but, uh... Laura said, Skull Beers now. I don't know, girl. Skull Beers now. No. It's not happening. I only got a half of one. I'm anyway. not a good chugger. I'm not gonna do it live. And I can, it. but that chick cat uh, definitely beat my time. Mine went down at about... Cat? Oh, the chick with the owl tattoo. Oh, okay. Vicky. Victoria. Yeah. What the fuck?
I say cat? I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't know her anyway. But uh, hers went down faster than me by like two seconds. I was like, huh? I've drank a lot of beer in my day. I'm pretty sure I'm older than that chick. Laura definitely chugged at least twice as fast as me. Mine was like seven seconds. Yeah, but you probably took a chaser with it or something, too. Fuck you. I'm just... <laughs> With beer. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, my beer most of the time for or my my chaser for liquor most of the time is beer. That's if I have one. But I'm just fucking with you. Um, but yeah, mine went down like I don't know, six seven seconds. Ugh. What kind of shit we want to close out with? You know what? I was thinking about playing the mountain again. I brought it up earlier, uh, since we drank all this fucking Coors Light tonight. Yeah? What's the mountain? It's the video with my buddy, uh, that oh, can't kill himself. Oh, no. Oh, okay, yeah. My yeah. buddy Rich Iverson. Um, rest in peace, Rich. Uh, about a year and a half ago. But I was just thinking about it because all the Coors, and we drank a bunch of Coors making Coors. that video. They called it, the, it's the Coors OG. It's the Colorado Kool-Aid. I like that. Yeah, it's good shit. I'm going to pull it up, play that. Um, <clears throat> if you're a total fucking weirdo, uh, you might get a giggle out of this video. If you're a regular person, you can go ahead and shut the, shut the, uh, shut the podcast off now. But I make sure you go to letemknowpodcast.com. <coughs> oh, yeah, we didn't do any of that. Fuck, we always forget. Well, I did it like several times, <laughs> yep, but I just did it really fast. Plugged, yeah. Um, if you guys want to help us out, which would be super awesome, go to letemknowpodcast.com, scroll down, <clears throat> click on the onit.com, dotsusara, uh, or Amazon.com links. <clears throat> Anything that you buy off of there using any of those three links will help us out, and it doesn't cost you anything. On it has got all sorts of supplements and workout equipment, uh, as well as all sorts of other shit. It's worth checking out, if nothing else. Datsusara has got a ton of hemp gear. Um, it's all made out of hemp. They have jujitsu geese. They also have bags and stuff like that. Uh, they have fucking things. chopsticks, which is interesting. But just about everything's made out of hemp. And it's all really high quality, nice shit. I bought a pair of ghee pants off of there, and they're the shit. They're fucking awesome. They're super tough, super light. It's also it's supposed to be like naturally antimicrobial as well, um, hemp. So super cool shit. Amazon, literally anything that you want on Amazon. If you use our link, we get a little bit of a piece of it. And that's awesome as well. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. Oh, yeah, you can make it real easy if you want to get to the Datsusara website. You don't have to go to our website. Go to dsgear.com slash let them know. Um, <clears throat> that's it. So check this out. This video is called The Mountain. It's by a little sketch comedy group <laughs> that uh, we used to do called the foot hockey back in the day. How'd um, you ever come up with that name? Uh, Probably drunk. Probably really drunk. 
just like, you know, you can play with your feet and do the hockey thing. And then uh, I feel like everybody was like, yeah, you know, yeah. And then that's how the, that's how I came up with the name. Sounds about right. Yeah, just, just super hammered. Um, Dude, that's funny looking up there at our first microphone. We used to just share that. Yeah, the uh, the Yeti Blue. Yeah. Our first microphone, like three months ago or something. It's been been a little while. We've been going longer than three months. I don't even know, actually, at this point. I think that we're close to a goddamn half year because we started in September. 24. Uh, My motherfucking homie. We're a quarter of the way to 100 uh, on our next episode, which is unfortunately not going to be this Friday. Just realized today um, was 25, so we are a quarter of the way. You got the numbers wrong earlier. Oh, really? Did I? Yeah. Yes, uh, Sunday was 24. Oh, sweet. Well, I'll have to change that. <laughs> um, wow. Well, that's cool. Well, See, anyway. I'm on top of things every now and then. Anybody own a cool company and want to sponsor us, hit us up. Also, if you're just cool, hit us up, you know? Get what I'm saying? Shit. Anyway. Um, the Mountain by the Foot Hockey. Check it out. You guys have a good night. We love you. Uh, go fuck yourself lovingly or masturbate, whatever. Same thing, I guess, right? Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. Go fuck yourself. Go jerk off. It's really not even, like, offensive. Say that. I don't understand it's why. encouraging. Anyway. Yeah. Hey, go fuck yourself, man. You know? Uh, the, thanks, Jim. I will later. I'm going to go do that. Uh. All right, you guys. We will see you maybe. Sunday, yeah, maybe? maybe Sunday. Yeah, we'll see what's going on. Hopefully it's not a whole week from now. We're going to try and figure something out. Love you guys. Take it easy. Good night. Bro, what's going on, man? Bro! Ha! When you gonna be here? Yeah, I'm coming over there, man. I'm gonna be over there in about, uh... Five minutes, man. Ha! Alright, bro, uh... See, I'll uh, see you there, man.
What's up, bro? Yeah, they grab me one of them Coors OGs, man. That's just gonna be delicious, son. Fuck yeah, I fucked a chainsaw. 
wanna see? You wanna see my chainsaw dog? Oh shit, yo. I bet your shit is fucked up. You gotta show me that, dude. Go fuck yourself.